It is now being officially reported that the DOJ has hit Trump allies with 40 subpoenas, effectively confirming what Steve Bannon said the other day. Now, Bannon said that 35 Trump allies, senior Trump officials or, or associates were hit by the feds. Now we're getting the official reporting from the New York Times, 40 subpoenas. So maybe that's 40 people. Maybe it's 35 people. Harmeet Dillon, a lawyer, also confirmed that number. And uh, Ben went on to say that the FBI is acting like the Gestapo and uh, it's getting crazy. At the same time, Donald Trump showed up in D.C. in golf shoes at a polo and the Internet erupted with conspiracy theories about his secret meeting. What was he doing? Well, at first, they thought he was being arrested or indicted or answering questions to the DOJ or something like that. Some speculated it was a health crisis, but they were like, why would he show up in golf clothes? He must have been forced to come. It's going to be his arrest. And it's like, maybe he's going golfing. And then he goes to a golf course. Now the conspiracy theory is that he's at a golf course with no golf clubs and a bunch of top Trump allies. And so they're saying that he met in an open field so they could talk in private without being bugged or something. Okay, maybe, you know, somebody's been leaking stuff out of Trump world. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. And then another funny story, that Democrat out of Vegas who was arrested and charged with murder of a journalist, no less, who is denied bail, will stay in office and keep getting paid. Mm. Okay, sure. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you'd like to support our work as a member. You'll get access to exclusive segments, well, exclusive shows, really. You can check out the Cast Castle vlog. And tonight at 11 p.m., we're going to have an uncensored, not-so-family-friendly show. We put that up at TimCast.com. So sign in and support our work. Help keep this big machine churning if you really do like it. Smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us to talk about this and their film are some of the guys behind the documentary documentary series now, I suppose, Uncle. And the second word in the name is Tom. Oh. That one was for the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> so I don't know whoever wants. I don't want to introduce yourself. There you go. Thanks for having us, Tim. Yeah, like, I'm not going to make one of you go first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Justin Malone. I'm the director, editor of Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom 2. Uh, Uncle, second word, Tom. Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so we're really excited to be here, uh, spend some time with you guys, talk about our film, and uh, Absolutely. just have some fun. Right on. We got yeah. Chad O. Jackson. Yeah, I'm Chad O. Jackson. I am a uh, Texas business owner. I am featured in the 2020 Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that will get past the Uncle. <laughs> we need to figure out the, the delay time, right? Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest with everybody. I, I really don't think YouTube cares that much. I just think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm also a co-writer, uh, co-producer, co-editor of the 2022 or 2022 version, which just came out last month. Um, Uncle second word tom two mm-hmm. which is third word two yeah <laughs> there you go third word two so right on guys yeah. thanks for joining us thanks for having and then us. some guy is sleeping in my, my parking lot again oh i don't think the pause helps the algorithm <laughs> <but anyway. laughs> welcome back beautiful and amazing human beings my name is okradowski if we are change.org it is good to be back tim as you know i rushed back here because i just really wanted to come before the october surprise there's so many psyopses there's so much trauma-based mind control we are here to call it out on the front lines it's going to be a crazy 
end of the year I'm here for it. So really happy to be back. And uh, if you like the depiction of this very plump, juicy FBI agent represented on my T-shirt oh. that is sitting on labor, laby, Lady Lady Liberty <laughs> as she is screaming in pain and horror, you could get it on the bestpoliticalshirts.com. Good to be oh. back. Thank you so much for having me. I like Linda? that he has the communist yeah. fist on his mask and it's a rainbow. <laughs> Damn right. I love it. I am also here in the corner already turning the volume down for Luke What We Are Change. Welcome back, Luke. Uh, interesting T-shirt. I'm looking forward to seeing what else you have to offer us while you're here. Let's get into it tonight. Here's the first story we have from the New York Times. Justice Department issues 40 subpoenas in a week, expanding its January 6th inquiry. It also seized the phones of two top Trump advisors, a sign of an escalating investigation two months before the midterm elections. Now this, this is like October surprise territory. They say we're not supposed to do anything 60 days before an election. Okay, well, they just did. Huh. And they're go- and they're likely going to keep doing it. I th- I think it's possible Trump gets indicted. I don't know for sure. They say the seizure of the phones, coupled with a widening effort to obtain information from those around Mr. Trump after the 2020 election, represents some of the most aggressive steps the department has taken thus far in its criminal investigation into the actions that led to the January 6 assault on the Capitol by a tro- uh, pro-Trump mob. That's interesting. They said assault, not insurrection. Hmm. Hmm. The extent of the investigation has come into focus in recent days, even though it has often uh, often been overshadowed by the government's legal clash with Mr. Trump and his lawyers over a separate inquiry, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now they're just kind of just, you know, fluffing words up in this article. We get it. The big news is that they went after Trump. They went after Trump supporters and Trump allies and people working with Trump. So I guess, uh, I don't know, is Banana Republic? Is this, we're going to have a free and fair election this November? Or is the FBI interfering right now with the Republican Party? This is a very dangerous escalation, which is being met with the Biden administration laying down the groundwork for really not just tough talk, but tough actions. We've seen Hillary Clinton just today compare Trump supporters to Al-Qaeda. We saw Kamala Harris on 9-11 at Ground Zero describe how threats against democracy should be treated like terrorists. We saw Biden on 9-11 also specifically say how terror victims should stand up for democracy. They're, they're laying the groundwork for something very serious. I think they're acting like a scared animal that's being backed in a corner because everyone's telling people to vote Republican, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Joe Rogan, they're coming on and saying, hey, vote Republican. I think they see the Republicans as a threat. And I think when you, when you have an animal that that's in a corner, it, it could do anything at any moment. And I think the animal's afraid and it could bite. And I think there's going to be some larger consequences moving ahead uh, as, as you know, their grip of power is slowly unleashing and, and you know, becoming loose. No, you're 100% right. And, you know, to your question, I, I think it's the the latter of the three. Uh, and the interesting thing about this is that all of this could have been avoided. Um, there were speculations of irregularities in the, you know, 2020 uh, election. And if the if the appropriate people would have taken those allegations seriously or those those concerns seriously and looked into it in a in a responsible way, then that would have evaded a lot of what ended up happening. I agree. So, yeah, Uh, they didn't, though. A lot of the, the lawsuits were thrown out on standing, not the merits. And my attitude was give give them what they want, right? And because uh, I, I I'm like the end result is likely going to be the same. The there's, there was a lot of crazy. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to me that you had people coming out talking about Venezuelan servers and gunfights in Germany and satellites stealing data. And I'm like, okay, guys, come on, like say, oh, okay, let's hear what you have to say and let people hear that because that's going to get dismissed immediately. Instead, we just got procedural grounds, which 
I don't know. I got to be honest. Maybe what they really wanted was discontent. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you take a look at uh, January 6th, there were cops opening the door for people. So maybe they were thinking like, we could quash this, but maybe we want them all riled up so they act a fool and then we can make them look bad. Well, they're also invested into this. And I think this is more of a fishing operation than an actual investigation. Because usually when you have, you know, the FBI going after somebody, there usually is a crime. But but to go after the, the supporters, we don't know exactly who these individuals are, but this is all related to January 6th. Okay, how far away from that date are we specifically? And, and, and what did they have? They might not have anything, but with these subpoenas, they might be investigating, trying to find something because I think they're desperate for something to blame the Republicans on it. And I'm not a Trump supporter. And to me, what's happening is extreme, extremely scary. And, it, and it's really bringing us to a very desperate situation in this next upcoming election that is dangerous for everyone. Well, that's, that's how you know it's a cult because they'll call you, Luke, a Trump supporter. Yeah. Even when you're like, I don't like the guy, but this is crazy. They'll be like, you like Trump. I, I called them out during his presidency. I thought I think anyone anyone in power should be held accountable. But 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 again, what's happening here to, to Trump is making everyone in the middle see the situation and see this doesn't really add up. This doesn't really make sense. It really is an overreach of power, an abuse of power that we see in a lot of developing countries. But happening here, it, it's it's very very dangerous, especially with our current cultural climate. Yeah, absolutely. Setting a very. Uh negative precedents for the future of American politics. And I would hate to see people you know, on the Republican side doing the same thing for their Democratic uh, adversaries. And so I, I'm just, you know, I'm very concerned about what kind of precedence this sets for sure. I think people are losing confidence, especially in the FBI. Steve Bannon comes out on his show. It's a massive show. He's talking with Charlie Kirk on another massive show. And he says that they're basically, it's a, it's a weaponization. It's a political, it's, it's Biden's Gestapo. We had that one poll that showed, I think, what was it? Like a majority of people thought that, uh, I think this might've been Rasmussen. Majority of people thought that there was a, there was an element of the FBI that were acting like Joe Biden's personal Gestapo. I think it was James Lindsay. Was it, was it James Lindsay? He said he was on, he was on a plane with somebody. Yeah, that was James, yeah. Some, he was on a plane with some woman and she was like, you know, I don't like Trump, but the FBI going to his house, like that's, that's too much for me. I wonder sometimes. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. It's hard to know exactly how this is going to play out. Is this going to demonize Trump and Trump supporters in an attempt for the Dem- by the Democrats to say, haha, MAGA evil? Because it seems like that was their play. They, they, you know, the, the Democrats were propping up Republican candidates, propping up their messages. And the, and the media reported it as well. They want the Trump-supported candidates, the Trump-endorsed candidates to win so that they can win in the general. So get them in the primary. And this seems to be in line with that. They prop up the messaging of Trump supporters, 
Once Trump supporters win 92% endorsement success from Trump, they then do things like this. Biden comes out and says MAGA is evil, blah, 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 or extremist. And then it scares the public. Or maybe it'll have the inverse effect. Like, how do you how do you know? Maybe people will see this and they'll be like, yo, they've gone too far and then end up voting the other direction. I think historically America has always bounced out of these situations. Whenever we go too far down the left rabbit hole, uh, I think Americans tend to shake themselves out of it. And I think that's why, to your point, they're running scared because America has such a unique history. Uh, we are individuals by nature. Um, so I think once you, you once you go too far, once you put Americans you know in a corner, they tend to like wake up. I mean, Trump winning the 2016 election proved that. Uh, say what you want about the, the, the 2020 election, but the fact that Trump won the election and the fact that they put so much effort into demonizing him in a full-on assault from our media. In, uh, in, in 2016, they, they launched this whole insane theory about Trump uh, not actually having won legitimately, that the Russians were colluding and a whole bunch of other nonsense, and they were allowed to do it. Yeah. Across the board, across the media— the corporate press and all the institutions are supporting it. They launched FBI investigations. Well, I think what Trump has done for the country is, you know, you know, like him or hate him, you know, he's he's turned the light on and he's and he's shown us, you know, he's forced the hand of our media in a way that no president in our lifetime ever has. Um, and you see a lot of people waking up. And so, again, I think you know, countries that have fallen to this ideology in the past, um, they didn't have our history. They didn't have our spirit. And so, you know, and our guns and our guns. Yeah. I mean, to your point, I mean, so, I mean, you know, you know, in our office space, you know, we're kind of divided. Like there's, there, there's some people that are more pessimistic and some people that are more optimistic. I'm more on the optimistic side because I think Americans tend to uh, pull out of these situations. We saw it in the sixties. We saw it in 68 when, when they went too far, Americans tend to wake up. Americans tend to go back to being Americans. And now we're seeing it. We're seeing it with our economy. Uh, we're seeing it with, you know, people, I think the, the brilliance of the media is not only that uh, deception, but they, they're good at convincing people that most people think the way that they're telling yeah. you they think. And so there's a lot more people that are logical than we know, uh, but because we can only have so many interactions with people in, our, in the day to day. So I'm optimistic about America, um, and they're going to push and push and push because of their desire for power. And eventually it might turn nasty, but Americans are generationally free, and, and we have an independent spirit that no other country in the history of the world has ever seen. I remember uh, two years ago being on this show and documenting how Biden and the corporate media got into power because essentially their, their major campaign slogan was, we're not Donald Trump. He got into office and he kept saying, we're not Donald Trump. Donald Trump's bad. Donald Trump's bad. And they kept obsessing about Donald Trump. And we were watching his administration. We're like, okay, what are you going to do? What policies are you going to put forward? The Democrats don't have anything except for Donald Trump as a way to galvanize the general public. And they don't have anything to show for their records within the last few years. What they have is devastation. They've wrecked this economy. They pushed up World Economic Forum, great reset policies that have devastated the middle class, that have made people more poor. They have no record to stand on other than the destruction of our society. And I think this is why, in part, we have this obsession with Trump, 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 because they don't have anything else to stand behind. But also, at the same time, I do believe that this is a part of a larger 
divide and conquer oh, agenda yeah. to make sure blue collar Americans fight each other. And this is the perfect kind of pendulum swing point that we're at where we have Trump and we have Biden. This is the perfect way to distract all of us and have all of us fighting and not looking at the true cause of our pain. This yeah. is this is why they're going after the MAGA Republicans. Yeah. Why Joe Biden's like the MAGA Republicans. We call them Maggie Republicans <laughs> because they know Trump's not going to be around forever. They can't use him as their as, as their weapon. So when Trump, you know, is either retires or loses or whatever happens, they need that anger because it's the only thing that brings the left together enough. Yeah. If Trump bows out, this is what, one of the reasons why I lean a little bit in the direction of DeSantis, though I'm fairly split between the two. I'm, I'm starting to lean a little bit more to DeSantis these days. It goes back and forth. But I think the reason might be Trump as a powerful, prominent figure is, is easily recognizable and easy to use in media, what, either for loving him or hating him. DeSantis, with all due respect, is a more boring character. The people who know him love him. The people who know his policies respect him. But most people don't care. He's not a celebrity. Donald Trump was the, on The Apprentice. Donald Trump is the TV reality guy. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, we know Donald Trump. And then they could be like, here's why he's bad. Here's why he's good. And everybody just loves to stare at the man. I think if Ron DeSantis wins, they will try the MAGA Republican thing, but it's not going to work. Yeah. So what, yeah. what's likely going to happen is right now you have leftists and you have Democrats for some reason united. It makes no sense. It's like the, the people who oppose on the 1% teaming up with the 1%. Don't ask me why. Well, the, I guess you could. The answer is they hate Donald Trump. You get Trump out of the equation and they're going to scream MAGA Republicans and people are going to be like, who's that? Who are we mad at now? I don't know what you're talking about. Are we mad at some? Maybe that works in local elections. It's not going to work nationally. And then what happens is the left, the Democrats, the Democratic Socialists, they, they all break up into different factions, once again, fighting each other like Occupy Wall Street was angry with Democrats. And then you're going to get the MAGA coalition, which is a massive group of conservatives, libertarians, post-liberals, politically homeless individuals. And then I think you see some kind of like MAGA sweep. That's if and when they lose the ability to rally people around hating Trump. Yeah. yeah, like so with this uh, last speech that Biden gave, like it was pretty pathetic that here you have a president who's two years in office and he's making his latest speech about what Trump and MAGA Republicans. He doesn't have a record to, to stand on in terms of the positives that he has been able to uh, put forth in these past two years. And so he makes it about, you know, building an enemy and basically uh, doubling all focuses on that enemy and getting people to hate that enemy and saying things like if we come together they can we can march forward to a better future it's it's very pathetic but you know for me you know to your point about about DeSantis uh from a spectator's point of view DeSantis have proven to be effective in terms of like uh uh staring down and and being effective against a lot of the kind of woke policies that are coming uh, down the tubes. And so for a lot of people, I feel like they will be attracted to a DeSantis type person uh, come 2024 uh, based on his effectiveness in a place like Florida. And his backbone. Yeah. Not yeah, only yeah, the yeah. effectiveness, but also the prospects of potential peace mm -hmm. and, and not 
craziness from the other side that, of course, is extremely hyperbolic, extremely sensationalistic. And they know if Trump's going to go in there, he's going to be looking for redemption. That's the kind of ideas. That's the type of thinking that a lot of people have. And I would see the, the party establishment galvanize more people against that than potentially a DeSantis, who, again, also uh, interesting figure. Uh, I go back and forth on him as well. I think any person in politics should be criticized. But you made that point uh, that I was trying to make. You made it a lot more eloquently than I did. They have nothing to stand on except for the destruction of the American working class. And I think at the end of the day, both political parties have caused these policies that destroyed uh, the blue collar workers in this country, that have destroyed the way of life in this country, that have destroyed civil liberties and any kind of economic prosperity that we had before. And right now, I think we're in limbo of a lot of chaos that, that is hitting people all at once. And I think we're, we're even at a point where people don't know how to even respond to all of this all at once. Let's jump to this story we got from Newsweek. Donald Trump leads group around a golf course during mysterious <laughs> D.C. visit. So at first, there was this big conspiracy. Trump shows up in D.C. He's wearing golf shoes and a polo. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is he not dressed up? Clearly, the only reason is that he's facing arrest. He was golfing. They grabbed him, made him go. Someone then says, these, these leftist conspiracy theorists, no, no, no. Maybe he's going to the hospital. Maybe it was an abrupt trip. He's got to go to Walter Reed or something. Some people were like, dude, maybe he's going golfing. Or I think the simple thing was like, sometimes people wear comfortable clothing, like he's wearing golf shoes. What? I don't know. Sometimes he wears suits, sometimes you don't. So everybody was speculating, nobody knew. And now we get the latest theory. Here's a, one of the, this is a tweet with 107 retweets. Don the con man is in DC, quote, golfing with Kevin McCarthy, Devin Nunes, Eric Trump, Sean Hannity, no golf clubs. How many guys does it take to help Trump find his balls? Haha. Ha. So I don't know what they're doing, but there is this photo that's going around. I don't know if those names are correct. It said Kevin McCarthy, but I don't know if he's actually there. What's the guy in red holding? That looks like a golf club. It's not a golf club. I don't know what it is. Weird. But uh, there are pictures of them on the golf course in golf carts without golf clubs. So the theory now is that these are Trump allies meeting in big open fields with no devices away from recordings to have a conversation, I guess. And now the theories are once again... Uh, Donald Trump's going to get arrested. So let me just say, without further ado, the walls are closing in. Closing in. Yes. The, 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 the end is nigh. The end is near. Um, the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. What else? What, what, what are the other ones? Bombshell, bombshell. report. Yeah, bombshell. Mm, yeah. Republicans pounce. I don't know. Republicans. No, I don't know about that one. But bombshell. The walls are closing in. The end is near for Trump. It's yes. the beginning of the end. Great. This again. Part of me kind of feels like they're not going to arrest Trump and they're doing all of this in very high profile ways like the FBI raids to put on a show to make people think it will happen because the best they can do. But at the same time, you know, I don't know, man. What do you guys think? You think Trump's having secret meetings to discuss his strategy to avoid arrest or plot a coup? Or what's he doing? Well, if, if Trump's uh, arrested, that's only going to help people like DeSantis. So I think that also plays into the sphere of what's happening here, especially when it comes to a lot of these central controllers. But also, uh, there's, what, 40 uh, indictments? I think he probably brought subpoenas. the boys. Subpoenas? Yeah. Like, sorry, 40 subpoenas? He probably bought, brought the boys around to be like, hey, there's, there's 40 subpoenas. <laughs> like, what do we do? And, I've heard some rumors. Yeah, we don't know what happened, but but uh, we can only speculate from here. I've, I've heard some rumors from people close, close to Trump's inner circle that their conversations, strategy about, you know, whether or not they need to take this seriously. I, I want to be light on how I phrase it because I don't want to play those stupid games. But... Uh, you know, I wouldn't come out with an article and be like, definitively state this. 
the media likes to be like sources close to Trump's circle say X. And it's like, what does that really mean? So I'm just saying it's a rumor that Trump's, you know, having conversations like, do we need to take this seriously or not? Are we going to move forward? And uh, whatever that ends up becoming, I don't know. But I think Luke is right. He called the boys and said, guys, 40 subpoenas. We better have a meeting about this. Well, I don't think it's illegal to, to meet. I mean, I think what the media is doing is they're making everything that Trump does as if he's already a criminal, as if he's already been indicted, as if he's already been, you know, right. proven guilty. And so things, you know, like an ex-president playing golf with his friends is not news. But whenever you, you know, write the headline in such a way, you know, people that, you know, don't study this stuff, you know, like like we do, or like they're they might be susceptible to to uh, thinking that Trump is doing something. So it's really a non-story. But if you put the right headline on it, then a lot of people might. And it's all and it's also about just freezing Trump, like we've been talking about, like freeze Trump. Keep people angry about Trump. Keep people thinking about Trump. Trump's your enemy. Trump's, you know, Trump's going to destroy our democracy. Trump, 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 Trump. Um, and unless you, you know, are educating yourself on how these, you know, these deceptive tactics work, then you might fall for it. But to me, like everything that we just saw is a non-story. Yeah. Yeah, like Trump Trump hangs out at golf course breaking news. It's like Trump's an ex-president. Like since when does an ex-president not play golf with his friends? And since no when No golf clubs though. Since when do a bunch of Republicans not talk I mean, is it yeah. they're Republicans. They're supposed to be strategizing we how to know. beat we Democrats, right? I mean, that's the whole point we of We don't the, know who it is. Yeah. This person's claiming it's Nunes and they know who stuff. it is, but they're using a shot that's making you think they don't know who it is. So it seems more conspiratorial, more. Uh, well, I'm saying this person on Twitter doesn't know who it is. Oh, okay. They're, they're listing I a see. bunch of random names, but you can't actually see that well. Okay. So, and you used the word pounce earlier. Republicans yeah. pounce because this is the one, this is the uh, the verbiage that the left loves to use. And you know, meanwhile, this is a prime example of of the left pouncing. You know what I mean? Uh, it's interesting how they're constantly accusing conservatives of being conspiracy theorists and you know they're making everything a thing but you know they they are tweeting about how oh they're having a meeting with there's you know there's no golf clubs you know what i mean it's like it's, it's like they're trying to make something out of right. nothing you know what i mean so it's like it, it's very interesting just the kind of hypocrisy that's going on here well that's why i wonder why should we take any of it seriously you, you know i got like a corporate press emailing me this is really funny. The Washington Post emailed me today, like right before the show. And they were like, we have a list of people who said that uh, Biden did not win the election fairly. And your name is included on this list. And I just started <laughs> laughing when I saw that. I'm like, OK, so I get the Trump, the, the diehard Trumper is calling me a cuck because I said Biden did win and Trump did lose. And then I get the corporate press claiming that I said the opposite. This is just absolutely amazing. This is, uh, why should I take any any of the, the corporate press seriously? They're just going to lie. They're going to make things up. I can come on the show over and over again. And say that Biden won because uh, people hated Trump and Trump supporters, you know, they, they can't believe it. They couldn't believe it. And of course, there was the, the shadow campaign stuff in Time Magazine. I'm not downplaying any of that stuff. But the media is going to say they, whatever they want. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. 
CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. No matter what you do, and they're going to find a way to justify it. They're going to put out stories like this. For all we know, you know what I love? I'm like, the meet, these people come out and they're like, it's a conspiracy. Trump's meeting. No golf clubs. What's he talking about? He's plotting another coup. And I'm like, Donald Trump sitting there with all his friends. He's like, thank you for joining me, gentlemen. This is an excellent investment property. It's going to be a timeshare golf course. Trust me. And it's like, for all we know, he's meeting to sell property. It's like you got a bunch of friends together. We're going to go look at a building. You're gonna, you, there's a million and one reasons. When people were claiming he was going to the hospital because he was dying, they were like, well, if he was dying, someone would be, would be helping him. And he's not. He's not being helped. Therefore, it means it's probably not a medical emergency. And so he's probably being indicted. And I'm like, if he broke his wrist, he would be walking just fine. There's a million and one reasons you could make up as to why Trump went to D.C. They just make stuff up. They go nuts with it. If, If only there was this much media attention and scrutiny on the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group. Jeffrey Epstein, the world would be a better place. But no, we're still obsessing about Donald Trump, the corporate media's gift that keeps giving. They're obsessing about him. I'm sick of even just hearing about this nonsense. Who cares? He, He met and he talked to people. People do that all the time. Mm-hmm. You should see what, what what corporations do with the politicians that they buy and all the private conversations that they have selling you down the river. But of course, we don't have that kind of media attention. We don't have that kind of scrutiny. And this is why, in part, we're dealing with so many problems in our everyday lives because of this nonsense that, again, is just politics astray that is just screwing people over. No, but you make an excellent, an excellent point, though. Uh, why are they not putting this kind of scrutiny on the world economic forum on themselves you know on themselves because the <laughs> yeah. thing is the, the fact of the matter is and i'm no trump apologist you know as, as as you put it um but it makes you wonder are they in on the agenda that organizations like the world economic forum are putting out probably and they see yeah. trump and others like him as a threat to their agenda and so of course they're going to demonize and try to in a sense uh uh put this kind of focus and freeze individuals who they see as a threat and trump is just one of them i just want to point something out too like this picture that we have showing trump and a bunch of people like sitting around like standing around this empty golf course i'm just imagining like what if trump is speaking to them and he's like where are the golf clubs at the people they were the, the caddies were supposed to bring them and now we're standing here I'm, I'm so sorry gentlemen and someone's like they don't have golf clubs and it's like how common is it normal for someone to be like, it's going to be 15 minutes till the caddies get here. I guess they got held up. <laughs> Instead, they, they go with this crazy conspiracy. Trump's yeah. having secret meetings and plots and whatever. It's like the most likely scenario is they're waiting for golf clubs. Well, that's what's going to backfire on them. And it always has historically. I mean, for them to come after you, right? I mean, you, you make a point to be open-minded, to do your research. But for them to come after you, it's like, what? that's not, hel- it's not helping them, right? And it's not helping, uh, you know, your audience uh, go their way. So I think that they overplay their hand. Yeah. They, they they tweet things out like this. I mean, there's a number of reasons why they don't have golf clubs. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. he's an ex-president. He's literally an ex-president. He's allowed to play golf and talk it's, to his friends or his constituents. There's no crime well, here. I think I think it might have been Cernovich who said it. I'm not sure that's... No, no, no. Who said this? Someone said this to us. 
that this is the true crime podcast for, you know, wine moms or like wine ants. Yeah. And it's like the latest season of the Trump scandal. Like they actually have true crime podcasts that sit there like women talk about Trump and what he's doing. So they need this. They yeah, need Mueller, it. They she need wrote. it. Yeah. I, I, Mueller, she wrote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now Mueller's gone and it still exists. Well, I think it exists, yeah. Trump said CNN would kind of fail after he was gone, right? I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they're still talking. Like Trump's literally just hanging out in Mar-a-Lago, and that's all they can talk about. So yeah. it's you know, I I agree with Luke. I'm just kind of exhausted. Like let's move on. You know, you guys have the White House. You guys ha- you have everything you want. Why are you still hung up? And you know, again, it's like they're they're doing more damage, you know, for their cause than than good. You that's know? why I wonder if DeSant- a shift to DeSantis would would work out better because Probably. the like it's like I was saying before, Trump is this this big powerful figure. And it, it, he can rally the left or the right. DeSantis has the right, but the left doesn't care. He's not a celebrity. They've tried smearing him and going after him. But I'll tell you, man, you, you, you have you seen those videos that Fleckos puts out? We talked about them yeah. before the show for those that are listening, where it's like the dude goes out of Times Square and asks people questions and they're really dumb. Yeah. And it's really, it's really terrifying. And then you see those videos yeah. and you're like, now I understand Bill Gates. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know. Easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't understand Bill Gates. <laughs> After watching those videos, uh, if you go to those people and you say, what do you think about Donald Trump? What do you think those people are going to say? Uh, racist, bigot. You know. If you go to those people and say, what do you think about Ron DeSantis? What, do you, what are they going to say? What that Who? mean? Who's that? Who? Like, who's Who that? that? Yeah, Who? Exactly. exactly. No idea. Yeah. So if you start seeing a 2024 DeSantis run and Trump is out of the picture, they're going to try and be like, DeSantis is evil. And people are going to be like, who's that? Yeah. You do Trump, and they're like, oh, yeah, Trump, F Trump. You know, I've been seeing videos, though, where they're going into the inner cities, and they're going, you know, a lot of younger people, um, they miss Trump. They liked yeah. Trump. And, I, you funny. know, the thing is, is that, you know, Trump was part of all of our lives growing up, right? I mean, he was in Home Alone, right? He was everywhere. And so I think that really backfired, which is probably why he won. So again, I think they've overplayed their hand, um, and and Americans, I have faith that Americans are not as dumb as you would think that yeah. Americans are if you if you're just following what the news and what social media is telling us. Yeah, because, and that's an interesting point, Justin, because um, Trump from 2016 to 2022 or to, to 2020, he jumped four percent in terms of getting the so-called black vote. Yeah. You know, so he was gaining momentum in terms of black people who are voting for him, and so. You know, they obviously understand that to the extent that Hispanics and black people are voting for Trump, a so-called Republican president, this is a very real threat. And so you want to double down. You want to uh, mobilize all of your radio personalities. I mean, if you listen to any black, you know, urban radio program uh, on a morning radio show, they're constantly demonizing Trump, even though he's not in office. And so they're constantly mobilizing you know, a lot of these urban and, and Hispanic uh, uh, radio and television personalities to constantly uh, perpetuate this message of, you know, Trump bad, Trump bad, Trump bad, leading up to the midterms as well as the 2024. Well, let's 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 talk about this story. Let's jump to this story here from The New York Post. Las Vegas official accused of killing reporter will remain in office what? and get paid. What? OK, so this is a Democrat. And he's there wearing some kind of what is that? A clean suit or bio something? Mask. Bio, bio mask. It's a smock. So uh, this guy has been arrested, innocent until proven guilty, charged with the murder. He's arrested on on murder suspicion of a journalist who was who was covering running hit pieces. And so this guy 
They find his DNA at the scene. That's what happened, right, Olivia? I want that's to make correct. sure. Yes. Yes. They find his they DNA at the scene. DNA. He's been arrested. And he's still in office. He's still getting paid. He's wearing a Dexter suit when this reporter <laughs> runs into him. What is going on here? So uh, how many people do you know get to keep their jobs when they go to jail for murder? When they're arrested and charged awaiting trial? Well, well, well Tim, we also have to understand <laughs> that, you know, politicians murder people all the time and they get away with it. Like, like, do, do you understand what happens behind the scene of power? Like, this is like, just the one time you saw it. Did you see the wars that they started? Did you see the drone bombs that they sent over? Hey. I mean, if, if this guy's going to go to jail, Barack Obama right now, turn yourself in for the assassination <laughs> of uh, Anwar Anawawaki and his son and a 16-year-old American citizen that was executed by you personally when you signed off on the order to kill an American 16-year-old child. <laughs> And so, he got to stay in office. He too, got huh? to stay in office. He got a government <laughs> yeah, paycheck. So yeah. you know, why should this guy get kicked out of office? Yeah. Government. O- Obama killed yeah. an American kid. Yeah, yeah. literally killed a sixteen-year-old yeah. American citizen, Abdurrahman Alaki. I love saying that as often as possible. Yeah. And this is not the first time. I mean, I mean, presidents have started conflicts, have started wars, have started even you know done actions that have led to the end of many people's lives. I just, oh, yeah. I would love to see Obama turning himself in to the Las Vegas police. And they'd be like, well, if he's going, I guess so am I. Yep. And it was walks a nu- in and they just lock him up and throw him in a cell. And it was a number of American citizens. It wasn't just one. Yeah, I think uh, it was. It was, it was um, around seven to, to eight. The number is still unknown because there there was a lot of covert ops surrounding a lot of these actions. But but essentially, Barack Obama literally signed off on a lot of these executions that without a judge, without a trial, without a jury, executed American citizens yeah. and killed them. Sure and did. that's the power that he Shoot. gave Donald Trump. Donald Trump uh, made sure that the, the accounting and records of it wasn't public, and he gave the power to the Pentagon to make these decisions, and he made he had, sure that the records weren't public. Trump had too much faith in the military. He really revered these guys, yeah, and did. boy, did that screw him yeah. over in a lot of ways, especially with those who lied to him about Syria. But um, was it was a collateral murder? Was that Bush? That was Bush, right? I believe now. that was Bush and, and uh, Chelsea Manning. Uh, that released that footage was but, that, but is that true? the footage I'm wondering I think I think it might have been under Bush I'm not sure it might have been under Obama because I think that was released in like 2010 wasn't but it but happened under I mean it was under old Bush. video footage right. but happened under Bush yeah. right 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 the reason I bring that up is I thought it was Bush because it just shows you how these powers get passed down yep. yeah. that Obama is promising you all the bells and whistles and then you know he gets in he kills people all the same so uh, you know what throwing it back to this story about this guy in Vegas um, Luke is right like, are we now going to change our policies? I'm surprised this guy actually got charged. I suppose, I, I don't know. Honestly, what's the, what's the difference, really? Barack Obama signed off on a drone strike on a civilian restaurant in Yemen, a country we were not at war with, and he blew up a 16-year-old American citizen who had committed no crimes. So I just, I got to wonder, like, that to me is actually worse for a few reasons. First of all, he killed a child. Second of all, he killed, he blew up a civilian restaurant firing missiles into countries who aren't at war with. I'm like, man, it just compounds and so much worse. And then it's also just like, you know, I, I understand it's not as, as important, but the tens of millions of dollars it costs to do that. Yeah. Now you're stealing our money too. And this guy, this guy gets gets arrested. Yeah. Mm. The first thing thinking about this story, because this was a very interesting story. I actually tweeted about this journalist passing away because he was an investigative journalist. He was also one of the few journalists that was actually correctly investigating the Las Vegas shooting, which a lot of people have totally forgot about, mm-hmm. yeah, that, which we that, still that don't have an explanation. Went, right? yeah. That came and went. We still don't have an official explanation to exactly what happened in Las Vegas during that 
during this mass shooting event that, of course, has so many people pushed for, for gun control. But but more importantly, I originally thought maybe this was somehow connected. I, I, I put this story out before the politician was even connected to this story. But the politician who is accused of killing him was also caught by this journalist cheating on his wife. This journalist ended his political career. He, he was a high profile Democrat in Las Vegas. Uh, but but automatically hearing this story, I, I thought about what Bill Clinton said about uh, House of Cards. If you remember uh, House of Cards, it was a famous Netflix show with yeah. Kevin Spacey, friends of all friends with, of course, Jeffrey Epstein. But but Bill Clinton said that that House of Cards was 99 percent real. Wow. Yeah. And in House of Cards, the president assassinates a journalist and right. kills them. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Spacey wow. kills them. So so that that automatically makes me think of this. There's a lot of things happening behind the seat of power that we still don't know about. There's there's this meme with an iceberg showing the corruption that we know that we know about and then the corruption that we don't know about being this huge piece of ice underneath the the water and i think this is the current reality that we're dealing with and if we would know exactly what politicians the really sinister the really bad ones were up to we would be shocked and i, I don't i think it would t change our whole political landscape immediately I, I do think that trump was very different from obama and from bush I certainly think he made mistakes in who he trusted, but I, I, I actually think Trump was an outsider. I think they didn't expect him to win. I think he did want to end the wars. I think he made a bunch of mistakes. I think he signed off on a bunch of bad orders. But uh, you look at how hard they're going after him. He did sign the Abraham Accords. Mm -hmm. He did try and bring peace, say, you know, North Korea and, and crossing into the DMZ and things like that. And I know a lot of people, they don't, they don't think it's enough. You know, we had Dave Smith on the show and Maj Teray last week, and Dave said he's still doing bad. And so that shouldn't be the standard. So, you know, my view is just like someone super chatted this. I'll throw it to them instead. They said this problem was created over 100 years. You're not going to solve it in 100 days. You can't expect one president to come in and then just snap their fingers and just end all of the really, really bad, awful stuff right. we've been but doing. But why does that have to be the president? Because when I, you know, I see stories like this, like, you know, where are all the men at? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where are the men in our government? You know, if you look at, you know, Trump's presidency, if you're just taking that as a litmus test, is like you had an investigation the entire time he was president. So how is it that his political enemies were able to roll out Mueller and the things that were going on with Russia, the things that were going on? Um, how are they able to have a nonstop investigation, nonstop uh, political power like, where, where are the men that are constitutional? Where are the American men to stand up to this type of stuff? Not in politics. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just interesting because I think what made Trump so appealing to everybody was that he had balls. Yeah. That, that he got on TV and he spoke his mind. And talking about, you know, his growth in the black community is, is like that resonated with, 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 with black America is that you had a man, a masculine man that got on TV. DeSantis has that as well. Yeah. But all the rappers love Donald Trump. Donald they've Trump was all, uh, was <laughs> no, in all the music videos. Yep. But it's like, you know, you see this going on in Las Vegas. It's like, is there no men? Is yeah. there no, any, like, who do we have in the Senate right now? I mean, you know, you see these little clips where it's like, oh, Ted Cruz roast so and so or whatever, but it's like, no, like you're not. You're just, you're just, you know, you're 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 playing a part. But you know, our country is headed in a downward spiral. Like, where are the men? Like, yeah, it's all theatrics. I mean, and and Washington D.C. I mean, there's no real, you know, I'm not. I'm not bought and paid for by any politician. So it's like I can I can criticize them from a in an objective way as a citizen of the United States. But it's like 
all the politicians who are on their so-called Republican side, uh, many of them are themselves corrupt. At least they demonstrate that. I mean, if you look at what they're saying on Twitter and what their actual voting record is, many of them are no different than the people on the other side of the aisle. And so to the extent that it comes to uh, standing up for true law and order, I mean, the inscription on the Supreme Court uh, uh, building is literally, you know, equal justice under the law, but they're not applying that. You know what I mean? And so there's no there's no real uh, men who who love this country are fighting for the the constitution of these United States in the Senate or in the Congress. Like how is there a nonstop investigation on Trump? Like where, like is there no one on the but, other side to like do I mean are is no one curious about some of the things on the other side? Like where like yeah. when is so, you know, well, well you got to go vote 57 yeah. days I think it is. Yeah. Is that what we're at? 57? Yeah, vote, yeah. Voting voting will do so much, but I mean, hopefully there'll be some men that will step up and But the thing is too, like people have to kind of get it out of their head that the only election that matters is the president of the United States. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that being said, too, some men, but I got I kind of feel like Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be the one who actually goes heavy into the investigations and stuff. There are some women who, uh, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie Lake of yeah, Arizona. Oh, yeah, I'm liking Carrie her. Yeah, yeah, she uh, she's been supportive of our of our recent project. So, I mean, you know, when I say men, I'm just saying like men that you know will stand up and like we need some masculine energy, some truth. You know, you have these little glimpses of it, but. It's just it just mind it's just mind blowing that you know nonstop investigations committees you know government spending on investigating I mean you're using taxpayer dollars to basically you know uh, grab power for yourself and, and and I'm just longing for the day and I think again like that's what was so cool about Trump yeah. you know love him or hate him it's like it was just cool to see a man on TV you know flip the bird at the media. It was just yep. cool. It was cool to, you know, you know, I remember those you press conferences. fake news. <laughs> yeah, I remember the press yeah. conferences, like how exciting. I remember like kicking, like, oh my goodness, like I've never, you know, it, it made me uncomfortable because I hadn't even been conditioned to seeing just weak yeah. politicians. But all, all Republican politics is these days is basically placating the left uh, to try to, you know, in a sense, play it safe so as to come to some kind of common ground to keep some remnants of things as they were. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what Republican politics is. There is no uh, uh, true kind of intentionality in terms of preserving the Republic of the United States. I mean, you literally had the president of the United States talking about we need to preserve our democracy. And a lot of people have it in their head that America is a democracy. Like nobody challenged him in terms of the mainstream media of like, well, no, actually we're not a democracy. We're a dem- we're a, a constitutional republic. Like nobody checked him on that, and so it's it's a problem. But to but you know back to the story about you know this politician who will you know keep their position, who will continually get paid. Um, this is in a sense like the same thing that has been going on in terms of you know politicians being above the law. They are an elitist class, and. You know, we are expected as citizens to kind of go along with it. Yeah, you made so, a good point. Just really quickly, the, the Republicans now have almost the same policies as the Democrats nearly had ten years ago, and it's almost the same exact thing that they're just vying for. So I especially agree with you. I don't have a lot of hope in voting, but when it comes to the men, I think a lot of them have been sterilized. I think a lot of them have been chemically castrated, and I, I think there also is a bigger spiritual and health fight happening that is affecting our current landscape. That I think is also worth talking about. Definitely, yeah. We are at spiritual. We are in spiritual war right now. Yeah, 
Well, what's going on with the dudes, man? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you got? What do you got for us? Look, what are you talking about? Guys being sterilized or what? Well, you know, there's there's a, a, a huge decline in uh, sperm, in reproductive rates, in IQ, in people's health. There's a huge increase of uh, f- people being fat. There's a huge increase of, of people not being healthy. There's a huge increase of respiratory diseases and uh, heart ailments that have been dramatically increasing all over the world. And, you know, it's fair to say that there has been something happening that has utterly devastated and destroyed the modern men. And whether you look at and and family friendly show here, but but specifically if you look at uh, you know reproductive organs, they've been shrinking. Um, I don't know if I could say uh, the, the thing I want to say that only four percent of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit the, the, the size between the two private parts <laughs> is also shrinking, which, which you know... Which, what? Y- yes, 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 yes. There's a lot of things chemically happening right now. A lot of people are blaming plastics for it as plastics have been found in people's bloodstreams. Uh, there's, there's a chemical warfare happening right now that is affecting not just the human body, but the human mind. And I think this is why a lot of people have been going crazy. This is why I think there's more homelessness. Uh, it, there's a bigger homelessness problem out there than there was before, which is usually linked to a mental health crisis. I think right now we are going through some kind of medical intervention that that is not natural, that is destroying human life on this planet. But but Luke, a great man once said, there are too many people on this planet. (laughs) And uh, that was Bill Gates, by the way. And um, uh, don't you think he's right? There are too many people, Luke? Absolutely not. I think... (laughs) Uh, what Elon Musk uh, has been talking about, the opposite problem occurring, especially in a few decades from now, is the real problem because yeah. it's actually backed by science. It's actually backed by data that is not paid and bought for by Bill Gates. And it's highlighting a huge crisis of civilization that's going to be hitting our way, especially in the Western world where people aren't making children. One, because people can't. Sometimes because people don't want to because they've been brainwashed and propagandized not to. To me, in my personal opinion, we are going through a population reduction program. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people are not aware of it. A lot of people are just living their lives, trusting the authorities, and they're being chemically attacked and castrated in a way that's going to stop them from reproducing. But you yeah. you think it's on purpose? Absolutely. Yeah. I, don't I, think think, I think there's two motives here. One is profit and incentive, and I think the other one is deliberate and I think both are playing a part here I think there's a few people that are saying too many people in this world we have to intervene we have to incentivize the use of GMOs we have to incentivize the use of glassophyte we have to incentivize the use of high fructose corn syrup real quick there are people like Bill Gates who have publicly stated there are too many people and we have to take action Mm -hmm. absolutely now beyond that you know, there's there's corporations that are incentivized to do this because then big industries like corn, high fructose corn syrup, and glyphosate are subsidized and of course given to these corporations for very cheap. They of course give it out to the general public and whether it's seed oils, high sugar, or or just the the chemicals that are banned in so many other countries, we give it to our children. The diet that our children are given is absolutely horrendous. It's leaving to brain defects and it's leaving towards a destroyed civilization that of course won't be able to get up from its feet because it's being 
bombarded with yeah. poisons. Yeah. I will so, add this though, but like, because I agree one hundred percent with what you're saying that it is deriv- derivative of you know of a of a of something chemical. But I would also add that it's something derivative of propaganda, which is another word that you use. Um, we were talking before the show. You use the word choice. You know what I'm saying? And people think like that... Like people choosing to eat bad food? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, yeah, it is something to do with choice, but that choice is part and parcel of propaganda. People are kind of reacting to a certain pattern of stimuli that's propagandized to them by certain movements and certain things that happen in a very pervasive and inundative way. Yes. You know, second wave feminism had a very uh, negative effect on how we move as a society. You know, what I mean, going into the uh, the you know twenty first century. But there's two other layers here that I think are important to understand beyond just propaganda. One is that the food is engineered to be chemically addictive. Mm-hmm. So when you have it, it literally is engineered to hit the pleasure centers in your mind. So you become addicted to the sugar, to the seed oils. Another aspect to really understand here is that it's also cheap and readily available because mm-hmm. it's subsidized by big industries that have bought off politicians that are going along with this agenda and don't even know that they're doing it. Yeah, so we as people are being led in the way that yeah. we that they think we should go. Exactly. You know, you know what I've been hearing a lot? We've been talking about this quite a bit over here. There are a bunch of people we know who came from other countries or visited other countries. When they came to America, they gained weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all said the same thing. Like, There's like four or five people we have anecdotally who've been like, I eat the exact same food and dinner, the same schedule I've always done. But when I came to America, I started getting gaining a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, nah, like I don't believe, maybe it's like you think you're eating the same amount. Like you you would order rice and beans and chicken. Then you come to America, but the plate's 10 times bigger. <laughs> maybe that's what's happening. But they insist. They're like, that's not true. Like I, I will make the food myself. It's the same food. And then we had a couple people that moved back like friends of ours and then the weight was gone. So I'm wondering, uh, uh, you know, Ian often thinks it's the bro- bromine. Mm, I don't know about brominated wheat flour and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know about that. I don't know what specific chemical or whatever there is they're putting stuff or something Something. like that. You know, but something, something... Yeah. In our food, maybe I have no idea. Yeah, there's there's a number of things, and it's it's very hard to put your your kind of uh, finger on it to directly because we're dealing with so much bureaucracy, we're dealing with so much corruption. The FDA has has approved so many different chemicals that are banned that you cannot give to people in many different countries, but here in the United States, it's 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 okay. But there's a rushed experimental therapy. We're gonna rush that through. That's perfectly safe and fine, which is absolutely crazy and and bewildering. And And there's so many different aspects and so many different layers we could get into this. But there's a lot of other speakers and scientists that I think we should maybe try to have on the show. Uh, Carnivore MD, he's also a really good, uh, smart medical doctor that presents a lot of this information and data a lot better than I do. But I've just been awakened to this because, you know, after I, you know, I quit smoking cigarettes, you know, I, I started to see really bad health effects after uh, giving up something that, you know, was really bad for me. I was like, what's really going on here? And it really put me down a path where I had to research this. And once you start researching it, you go down a rabbit hole of, holy cow, <laughs> you go down the supermarket aisle and you're loudly saying, everything's here's poison. <laughs> Everything here's trying to kill me or hurt me in some kind of way. And I make a point to say that loudly every time I'm yeah. in the supermarket the so people is, hear me. The FDA is yet another, you know, because you, you mentioned the World you know, Economic Forum and so on and so forth. I would include in and amongst that the FDA. So. Yes, absolutely. Corrupted organization hijacked by multinational corporations that are not looking out for your best interest. They are literally poisoning you with so many chemicals that, that yet again, 
illegal in so many places, legal I here. I saw, yes, I saw, uh, I think it, yeah, it was yesterday, yesterday. We went down to the Blue Ridge Rock Fest. It was really, really awesome. And uh, driving around Danville, Virginia, I saw an OG Pizza Hut. An wow. original Pizza Hut building. It's like, man, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Jack Posobiec talks about them. Yeah, with the weird little red roof yeah, and everything yeah. like that. We were thinking about going there. We, we ultimately didn't go there. And I, I was reminded of that story Jack Posobiec tells where he went to a Pizza Hut bringing his kids because mm. he wanted them to have the experience he had when he was a kid and then realizing like what he had is gone and it was disgusting and falling apart. And now Pizza Hut tends to be just like a strip mall store with a delivery only. <laughs> but I bring this up because, you know, I remember we had, uh, we had Papa John on the show. Yeah. And, you know, he likes to say better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Well, he's not there anymore. They went woke and got broke and then kicked him out. But uh, but he talks about how, you know, they actually use better ingredients. So I looked it up. Sure enough, Papa John's ingredients are like basic. The the cr- the dough is like flour, water, yeast. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And the cheese is like skim milk. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And the sauce is like Roma tomatoes or whatever and sugar. And then I was like, okay, well, that's really impressive. And then I look at Pizza Hut. I think Pizza Hut puts Splenda in their crust. Gross. They yep. sweeten their crust Gross. with artificial sweetener. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I looked it up, but that was like, wow, they really do want everything to be sweeter and that's gross. And then Domino's, I think, I think they're not, they don't put like sweetener like that in there, but their ingredients is like a whole bunch of weird chemicals that you don't understand. And it's crazy when you realize most of the big fast food chains, except for Papa John's, um, it's it's weird chemicals you're eating. You can't you can't produce. I'm sorry, you can't pronounce. Yet you don't care that you're eating it. And that that to me is just weird. Yeah, and your body can't break it down. So your body is in a constant state of inflammation that it can't deal with. And when it's inflamed, it has a hard time processing and working well. And if your gut's not working well, your brain is not working well since your brain is dependent on the chemicals produced in your gut. And I, and I think a lot of this is deliberate because if you could destroy someone's health, if you could destroy someone's sanity and mental clarity, you could more easily enslave them because if you have them in a pathetic fat state you have them in a state where they don't respect themselves and if you don't respect yourself you're not going to stand up for yourself and therefore you're a lot easier to squash you're a lot easier to control you're a lot easier to manipulate and i think there's a big agenda happening and this is my own personal opinion that this is all engineered and planted and created in a way specifically to hurt us in the yeah, in the think, worst possible mm-hmm. way. I think mm-hmm. Luke is right about, you know, when people are fat and slow and, and tired, they're easier to control. And that's why I gave Luke a box of cookies today. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Two of them. Yeah, you gave Two me boxes a box of cookies. cookies. I looked at that. I'm like, you're trying to get me fat. The second, uh, the second these, I saw that. We have these special cookies that very fancy. are fudge dipped birthday cake Oreos. One's with enough. sprinkles. And it says step on snack and find out on um, they look incredible. They look They're amazingly so like, like just. But they like, just look so good. I haven't had one. It's a drug. It really yeah, is. Yeah. You eat one, and then you know you want to eat more. But one cookie is 130 calories. Wow. One cookie, and they're and they're little Oreos. That's 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 food, I guess. Man, I gotta tell you, when the apocalypse happens, survivalists are gonna be like, yes, like this one will last day. months. One yeah, a day. One a day. <laughs> you, you probably eat a couple of them. And then uh, you just you know, got to work. Quick you know? energy, yeah. Yeah, quick energy, I guess, until you until you crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to talking about the media. Actually, no, 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 I don't want to talk about the media. Let's talk about this. This is a crazy story. Oh, boy. Switzerland may jail people who turn their heat above 66 degrees this winter. Well, good. Oh. Those people want to warm their homes. How dare they? What do they think they are? <laughs> this planet is warm enough. Citizens of Switzerland who dare turn their thermostats above a balmy 19 degrees Celsius or 66 degrees Fahrenheit, perfect temperature if you ask me, over the winter may instead find themselves shivering at a prison cell. 
The cost of natural gas in Europe has increased more than tenfold. You guys see that in Italy, they're doing things by candlelight now yeah, at bars and restaurants. Romantic. Those who failed to, com- to comply with the temperature mandates could receive sanctions between 30 and 3,000 Swiss francs, the equivalent of 31 and $3,090. Federal Department of Finance spokesman Marcus Spjornli, Spjorn, Spjorn, how do you pronounce that? I hope it's Spjornli, that's great. Spjorn, Spjornli told the outlet, <laughs> those found intentionally violating the statute would receive up to three years in prison. This is the next lockdown, the climate lockdown. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to implement it through smart cities and smart meters. You know, a couple of years ago, we saw people screaming, they're installing the, the smart meters, don't do it. It's, it's They're gonna control everything. And, and people thought they were crazy. Yeah. And now when we see stories like this yeah. and how people are having their heat turned off because they're, they're you know, turning the heat up too much, it really puts things into a, a perspective that is, I think is worth considering, especially with how technology is being more involved in our everyday lives and how central controllers are using it to track, trace, and database. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing. You know, they say climate change and all that stuff. You got to buy electric cars. And electric cars are really bad for the environment. The batteries. So, yeah, I I got a Tesla. We went to a supercharger and I plug it in and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the cost. And it was like, it was half the cost of gas. Half. Like you think it's going to be cheap. Not only did it take 20 minutes to recharge the car, but we ended up spending, I think it was like 20 bucks to like fill up, to like recharge. And I was like, okay, well, that's cheaper than gas. But it's still, I'm pulling up to a gas station, plugging in spending 20 bucks on my credit card. I was like, what, what's the advantage here other than I can't go that far and the government mm-hmm. can now turn my car off whenever they want. Yeah, nice. Do you, feel, do you feel that it's people that genuinely believe in climate change and genuinely believe in the, the, the future of the world being overheated or do you feel like this is just power driven? I it, don't know, man. I think this is going into, there's a big agenda in the UN 2030 vision, which is also pictured by the Build Back Better Great Reset World Economic Forum vision. They share the same vision. It's essentially the same thing. They just kind of rebrand it for marketing purposes. And their vision is, of course, getting rid of cars. And if you look at major cities and the way that they've been developing, they've been getting rid of people's ability to drive cars. When you drive a car, you have freedom. You have the the ability to go anywhere you want. They they want people stuck in cities dependent on public transportation. Essentially, that is the end goal that they are reaching for because then you could have total enslavement of people that can't escape, that can't run away. And when you look at their their goals, they, they, they're, they're already implementing it. it. It's not cost effective to have a car in New York City. Insurance rates are crazy. Speed cameras everywhere you go. Roads are being turned into pedestrian sidewalks. Traffic jams are absolutely crazy. And I think, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a big portion of individuals who want to get rid of cars because it's bad for the environment. But there's also a lot of people who want to control people and they're such control freaks that they want to get rid of your ability to be able to travel yeah it, well it's very american like the idea of the automobile right like detroit and muscle cars and the interstate and just being able to have that mobility and that freedom to go exactly and it's it's so I, i'm wondering like you know because i i don't know what the elites the, the powers that be really think do they really believe that cars are killing the planet or is it just making people believe that cars are killing the planet in order to have power over them for me go ahead no no go ahead go ahead no so for me it's like this more than anything is an indictment on the centralization of public education because the fact of the matter is like you know a lot of people legitimately think it's unfathomable or inconceivable that our government will have 
you know, doesn't have our best interest in mind. And so to the extent that a government like, you know, in Switzerland would, you know, crack down on the way in which people kind of regulate the temperature in their home, rather than thinking of this as a kind of tyrannical thing, many people unfortunately think of this as the government having our best interests in mind. And so, you know, for me, it is leading up to Luke's point to kind of a globalist agenda. I mean, for example, with, you know, King Charles kind of taking the throne in, in England, he did talk about climate change. And he said that this is an issue that can't be fixed by a singular country. It can only be fixed by a coming together of all the nations. And so this is kind of like, uh, uh, rhetoric that's leading to uh, the kind of groundwork or the threshold of a kind of globalist agenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, hopefully I didn't mess with the algorithm, but um, that's definitely what they're building up toward, you know? Yeah. They can turn your car off whenever they want. That's and and that, drive it wherever they want to. Yeah, so... so That's crazy because you hear about people in these random car accidents, mm-hmm. right? And oh, but now with like Tesla, for instance, you'll be like sitting in your car you'll be driving and then you know a warrant will come out for your arrest or something let's, let's say you were uh, you, you you are accused of doing something you didn't do whatever you stole a package or something like that and you, you didn't do it but they, they show a warrant for your arrest because of it you're driving in your car and all of a sudden it goes and then it's like sorry dave you're being detoured to the local police station and then it's like auto locks engaged please sit back and remain calm and then your car just slows down and turns around. And you're like, what? I, you can't get out. Pulls up to the police station. They're out there waiting with their guns ready. And out of the vehicle, your car just arrested you for us. Yeah, I, I believe there's already stories of, of people's Teslas being repossessed by using the feature where the car drives to you. I, 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 Summon? I, summoned to, to people repossessing them. I, I need to do research on that, but I, I remember hearing about that months ago specifically. But this is why you always have a glass breaker uh, wherever, whenever you can for that possibility, that distinction. But I, I do think there's multiple layers here. There's the environment level, yep. there's the control level, but there's also trying to get the rid model, of cars level. The Model S is a cabin camera. So not only do they have cameras surrounding the vehicle, and it's convenient it's too, because with, with so... Uh, parking and such. Yeah, when you park, you can pull up the app and then you can take a look and see the cameras from anywhere because it connects to the cell network and then you connect to the network and then you're good. So you can park your car, you can be in another state and you can pull up your car's cameras. But they also have a cabin camera. I, I, don't, I don't know if all of them have this. I know the Model S has it, filming you. Yep. And it's going to the internet. It's going to Tesla's servers. Now you can choose to watch it, but it means they're getting that footage too. And so it's a convenience. It's that way when you're driving, you have the dash cam and the cabin cam. And if you get into an accident, then we all know what happened. And also they know exactly what you're doing whenever, and they can subpoena. You may, you may be thinking, yeah, but Tesla's not going to get it to the government. They will when they're told they have to. Yeah. When, when some FBI agent goes to Tesla and says, we want to look inside their car right now. And then it does. And then you're driving in your vehicle and they and they decide your car just stops the doors lock you can't get out here's the here's the other thing the model s has the biohazard filter mode or whatever where it like seals the air and then blasts you with like 99.99% filtered air huh. then you're really locked in and you can't get out well i always thought it was strange like you know cuz i don't really know where elon musk is at you know i haven't done a lot of research on him but it's like this idea of like, you know, turning your home solar, putting a, a Tesla battery grid in your home that charges your car 
And then your car is actually becomes your Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. As you're connected to the Starlink satellites and your brain chip is activated. So it's Neuralink. like you're looking at one company that now controls your 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 energy, your transportation, and your Mind? communication. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the mind, but it's just like... You know, and I know a lot of people kind of get on the Elon Musk. You know, I, I haven't, like, again, I haven't done a lot of research in him, but that's a lot of power to give to one company. Well, well hold yeah. on. How cool would it be if Neuralink comes out and you can get a brain implant thing that can, you know, you put, you click your, your, your chip into your brain and then you can learn all the stuff. But then what ends up actually happening is, you know, all of a sudden everyone, like, they put it on and they go, no, what? I love Elon Musk. I am one with Musk. <laughs> and then we're, like, fighting off zombies and they're like, join the Musk. And you're like, no. And then everyone's like, they're trying to put the implant in your neck. Be one with us. And then Elon's like, I am in charge now. You are all my children. And then, we're, you know, that's just the reality. That's, that would be a good, we should make a movie. We should make a, a, a sci-fi Horror. I did like the photograph that uh, the meme that was a gas-powered generator charging a Tesla in California this yeah. week. That was yep. pretty funny. Yeah, because yeah, what are you gonna do? There's a there's a funny Babylon B thing where it's like uh, California makes you charge your car by hamster wheel or whatever. Like it's <laughs> it's it's especially funny when you understand. I believe the second law of thermodynamics in that you're better off just running somewhere instead of trying to run to charge the car to drive the car somewhere. But I suppose the idea is if you run for like 40 hours, you'll have enough to bring your groceries back from the grocery store or something like that. There's another company I'm trying to find right now that, that is also launching its own auto drive feature. And to do it, they have a camera uh, on the driver who's driving the car to make sure that his eyes are on the road and his hands are on the wow. wheel. And if they're not, it, it uh, auto uh, takes off the, the you know auto drive. What's the point of auto driving if the car can't auto drive? You know what's really annoying is, is in the Honda, they have, I think most new cars have this, they have the lane assist thing. And so you're driving, and then you'll see like a, like a skunk or something. Oh, I gotta go a little to the left. Then it goes, wah, wah, wah. And it's like leaving the lane. It freaks out and then forces you back. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, don't take the wheel from me. I'm trying to not hit the turtle that was trying to cross the street. You know, the turtle is going all slow. And what are you supposed to do? Just run it over? Yeah. It's definitely scary that they can, they can shut off your car and, and have that kind of power over you. So Yeah, that's why I'm really excited. I'm looking into uh, cars from the 60s. Yep, yeah. Yep. Well, yep. those might They're be cheaper too. Yeah, they, they might be illegal at one point, right? I mean, right. that's the whole point. Yep. You know, again, it's like America, and the American spirit is kind of a car culture. You know, we are a mobile society. Like we, you know, we really um, innovated cars and 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 not in the interstate. You know, this the idea of having the freedom to hit the road. You know, kind of like the Jack Kerouac kind of spirit of just going around the country. But now you're seeing more like live workspaces, mass transit, uh, pods, work. yeah. pods, pods, yeah. You know. All right, let's let's get into some social justice stuff. Oh boy, the very important story from the Daily oh, Mail. Oh yeah, Scooby Doo's Velma is a Karen. Oh my, popular <laughs> video game multiverses. Hold on, there, that's fake news. I don't know if that game's popular. Removes calling the police as Sleuth's special power because it's racist when she reports LeBron James's Space Jam character. Well, all right. So LeBron James in the video game and a video went viral because Velma's superpower is to call the police and then the police car takes you in the back and then like drives you off a cliff. And so people were laughing that the cops were arresting LeBron James or whatever. So here's what they did because it was racist overnight. I guess it randomly changed. I shouldn't say randomly, but they changed the cop car to the mystery machine. And I kind of felt like this was a really good example of what's happening with defund the police. When, when initially you have the police being called and they arrest the person, 
when everyone gets angry, the cops are being called. They replace it with a panel van that kidnaps you and drives you off a cliff. <laughs> so as we're seeing crime skyrocketing in all of these cities after defund the police and abolish the police and all that stuff, I just thought it was kind of funny. But uh, it, it, this is a great. This is great. You know, Velma's racist. Uh, how are you guys doing? What did the Le- <laughs> LeBron do to deserve this? That's in the video game. Well, That's was, what I want to know. Beating her. Oh well. Like so, you know, it's a fighting game. So LeBron's, he's over here, you know, striking a woman. How dare he? And then Velma calls the cops, which is the right thing you're supposed to do. And then everybody got mad about it. So now, now instead of calling the cops, she calls her, her goon squad to bring their van and throw <laughs> you in the back of it and drive you off a cliff. That's the game. So do they throw LeBron in the van? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like the characters in the game, I don't know if they show the characters, but like Tom and Jerry are in it and there's like, you know, Batman like and Superman. It, it actually, actually, I really want to give props to it because it is really funny because like, it's a bunch of Warner Brothers characters, and then in the in the promo for it, it's like Bugs Bunny and but Shaggy. He has like a sandwich, and they actually made Shaggy do karate and f- fly and like power up like Goku. It's actually really funny, <laughs> but I I do think as a video game, making your move call the police is kind of dumb. That's weird. But, but I wa- the point I wanted to make here is, look, in every Scooby Doo episode, this is what they do. They they their car breaks down for some reason. <laughs> And then there's a guy in a costume dressed up like a ghost or a zombie or something to scare people away to lower property values. That's like, that's, that's like the plot of every Scooby-Doo episode. And then once they finally realize it's not really a monster, it's some dude, they call the police and the police take care of it. But now you can't have that. Like that's racist. It's offensive. We can't allow it. So we have to remove police because of the whims of the social justice warriors. Is it racist just because in that instance it was against LeBron James? Like if Bugs Bunny was thrown in jail, <laughs> does, <laughs> do we have that? Yeah, it's still, it's still racist. Really? It, it, that's what people are saying. They're saying that, look, look, this guy says this. He says, I am enjoying Velma and multiverses, but many a character whose special move is calling the police on her enemies definitely don't sit right with me as a black man. Oh my goodness. That's it. You can't, like, she's holding up the picture of a white dude. Wow. But it's still, it's still Wait, wrong. so a black man wrote this article? No, no, this 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 comment right here was written by a black oh, a guy. Twitter okay. comment, yeah. So yeah, so speaking of that comment, like for me, like <laughs> my question to that that guy who wrote that tweet is, have you no shame? Because the thing is, is like, you know, as a black man, um, I'm not willing to temporarily play the victim or to make myself look so weak and so fragile. Uh, over a game that I'm willing to, in a sense, kind of thrust this kind of social justice agenda along. Oh. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, 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 to placate or to, to basically put this image of myself out there as this kind of victim, so as to push this agenda. Like I'm just, I just have too much pride, I guess. But I'm, I'm just not willing to do that. But the, 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 the issue for me when it comes to stuff like this is, you know, how, how are so-called people of color. Like, how do they not have any kind of shame at all and making themselves look so weak that we need culture to modify itself like, like, to dude, accommodate us? Scooby-Doo <laughs> has been around for, what, 50 years? I, 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 is that how long Scooby-Doo has been? I don't it's know. Been a long, long time. And it always ends. Okay, not every single time, but overwhelmingly every episode that ends with the police coming in and arresting the guy, and then Fred's like, let's see who it really was. And then they pull the mask off, and it's like, it's John Murphy, or something like that. <laughs> but see, I'm wondering how much of this is the media to like find this one tweet, this one guy, and then put it out and fan it. You know what I mean? It's like, it could easily have been ignored. Like, Are people really upset about 
this but the game DVD. changed it yeah oh, so okay. so this tweet i think is from like a month ago wow you know and he makes like a passive comment that's kind of like haha isn't it funny and i and, and nobody cares but then the the people who made the game actually went in and changed it uh, that's crazy yeah you can't have a culture that's like you call the police when there's a problem yeah right luke uh, a little conflicted on this one. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest here. Uh, I, was, I was debating how I should introduce this topic here to this conversation. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of ridiculousness to me. This is just a distraction to me. This is this is this is the ethos of a of a declining civilization. This is absolutely ridiculous that we're even talking about this. There's a lot of things you could say about the police. There's a lot of things you could talk about holding power accountable, but this is not it. Why is yeah. Velma fighting anyway? Yeah, you know, it's like of all the characters, like Shaggy, I get Shaggy. It's actually really funny seeing him fight because he's a coward in the cartoon. And so the the gag, I guess, is that he's like freaking out, like, what's happening, man? Then someone knocks his sandwich out of his hands, and then he just goes insane with rage. That's actually funny. I like that. I like that. But Velma, like, why is she fighting anybody? I'd like to see Velma fight LeBron James. I think that would be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. It's in the game. That's yeah. what the game is. Why is LeBron James even in it? Yeah. I, you know, oh, you know, Jam. Yeah, but you know what's funny? I wonder if Le LeBron realized he'd be selling his likeness to games like this when he did the movie. They're like, oh, yeah, we might make a video game based on it or something. He's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And he's thinking it's going to be like... Sometimes I wonder if LeBron knows what he's doing any of the time. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? That's yeah. Some of the things that he's, he's said in public. So. Yeah, he's definitely demonstrated that he's willing to play the puppet in many uh, scenarios. So. But for what? That's, 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 that's the thing. Like, For I, what reason are people willing to, to bend the knee? Is it for food? Well, it's I, for it's, money. I just think. It's, I don't know, but I mean, like, what does money get you? What do you do with it? Because you want an infinity pool or something? I got to tell you, man, it's not that great. What? Well, money is is a is a huge idol in the so called black community. I mean, if you look at <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at like a lot of the the music that's coming out right now, we're glorifying money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, in a sense, we're kind of imparting to the youth who are consuming this uh, medium. That these are the things to prioritize. These are the things to strive for and to, uh, to you know, work toward. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter whether or not the means by which you uh, work, you know, pursue it are honest or dishonest. It's just at the end of the day, this is what makes you something. This is what makes you prominent and powerful. Um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Well, I think for, like, LeBron... Um it's just a lack of knowledge. Like he doesn't really know um, a lot of history. He doesn't really know what's going on. And I think there's also a lot of guilt put on certain people that are in his caliber of wealth. You know, if you're black and you're successful and you've made it, um, you're, there's a lot of guilt that you want to like, you know, look back, you know, look at the people and help the people. So well, the way to do that is to, yeah, you know, play the play the woke and play the the victim, play the the race card. Well, the the, the thing about LeBron is like LeBron comes from a uh, household that was you know lower income. He grew up with just his mother in the home, and I would I would venture to say, and I say this not because I know LeBron, I say this because I know a lot of people who were in similar situations. Is they have resolved that because I grew up in such. Uh, a, a distressed situation. I'm going to see to it that my children don't, um, in a sense, suffer the same things that I've had to suffer growing up. And so I want to, in a sense, basically uh, uh, envelop them in this life of, of plenty and privilege. 
And so for LeBron, like he's very much about like his status. He's very much about like, in a sense, uh, uh, leveling up and he wants to kind of create this lineage. And so he's going to seize every opportunity that comes along. And so the question becomes, uh, to what extent do you apply principles to what it is you're doing? And so I don't want to, I don't want to add to this, you know what I mean? And I mean, it's selling your likeness to a video game, you know, who, who would have known that it would have come to this? You know what I mean? So I don't want to speculate, but at the same time, um, you know, LeBron had nothing to do with this. It's just a matter of people like, like woke yet again, coming to yet another like extreme kind of degree, so to speak. I think, I think this is a part of, uh, there is an element of woke, I guess the woke, they, they're chasing after nothing. It's like, we, we talk about these algorithms on YouTube where they started making the Incredible Hulk fight Hitler, but Hitler had a woman's body and was doing Tai Chi while it sang a nursery rhyme. And the reason those videos emerged was because the algorithm was just trying to figure out what got play and what got clicks. And I feel like that's what leftist ideology is. That's why it's random. It makes no sense. It's why they're like, we oppose fascism and support the FBI rating our political opponents. Like, how, what? You, they're just saying whatever algorithmically plays. There's no leader. There's no rhyme or reason. And this is one of those things. There's a cop because it's what Scooby-Doo does. And so they're like, oh, I can be, I can be mad about that. that. That fits in the mold of the algorithm. So you have this decentralized network of lunatics mm-hmm. who are just filling the holes of whatever it is could possibly make you angry and fit their ideology. Yeah. Well, there's two possibilities here. One, someone is extremely privileged and has a huge victim mentality that is being promoted by big tech social media, or someone's trolling. I think there's a big possibility someone's like, I'm just going to troll this company. And for the company, this this mega corporation that created this video game to, to cave, that, that that really is the big L here. That really is something that, that is worth talking about because we could just do absurd stuff on the internet and they'll respond and they'll, and they'll edit and they'll it react to us. I think that element is also important to understand here. And the more that corporations cave, the more they're opening themselves up to trolls. And I think there might be a possibility that this is a troll. Fantastic point. This is well, where yeah, our culture but they cave is right now. Exactly. That's the, that's, that's the big L there. That's, that's the big eye-opening situation that, that is worth talking but about. But to Justin's point about like, you know, and to your point too, Luke, about how much of this is either trolling or just the media kind of assert you know, assisting on a certain narrative, um, it does have ramifications in the real society. You know what I'm saying? And my my concern is that it's kind of instilling in the youth of, of, of black people and other so-called people of color this kind of paranoia and this kind of entitlement that society owes me something. It needs to modify itself to accommodate me. It needs to walk on eggshells around me because I'm so fragile and I'm so uh, insecure in myself that if, you know, um, the image of a, of a man, regardless of what his color is, beating up a woman on a video game and that woman calling the police on that man, which in any other scenario is the proper thing to do, is considered racist. It, it's just so backwards and and. And, and irritating, in, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about uh, your, your guys' movie, Uncle Tom 2. Yeah. What's uh, what's it about? What's going on? I saw the first one, and uh, I learned a lot about Herman Cain, and he was uh, he was badass. That was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Uncle Tom 1, we'll call it Uncle Tom 1, was uh, really turned out to be a kind of a conservatism 101. 
you know, I start I started the film just out of, of a curiosity of you know why black America when it came to conservative black America uh, was treated in such a way, and I think around 2015 2016 uh, during that cultural climate um the hypocrisy was very real for me um in 2012 herman cain um you know was running for president and you know i supported herman cain i thought he was great and two years prior to that you know or i'm sorry a couple years prior to that you know if you didn't support barack obama you were a racist and so literally like you know one political cycle later a black man from the south from Atlanta, Georgia, runs for president, and he was, you know, a coon and Uncle Tom, all the things. The media completely destroyed him. And that shocked me because at the time I'd never seen the media talk about a black man that way because by that time we were already on eggshells. So that kind of started the, 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 the wanting to make the film. And then as I started interviewing black conservatives, it kind of just opened up this entire world to me. And I realized there was a lot of diversity. There was a lot of different uh, walks of life within the black conservative movement. And on that journey, I met Chad Jackson, who was one of the, the people I interviewed for the film. And he actually became the main subject of, of the first film. And during that time, um, you know, we became pretty close friends. And when the film released and it was, you know, we had some success and it was very well received and, uh, we were riding the wave of that. Um, I realized that there was more work to be done. There was a, there was more story to tell, and so I asked Chad to come on board with me. And um, so, uh, give us a synopsis on the first one, then tell us about the first. The first one I would say was conservatism one hundred and one. We called it an oral history of the American Black Conservative. It was basically just establishing the fact that not all Black people are far left Democrats that not all black people hate America, that not all black people view themselves as victims in America. And I kind of I think that uh, I would imagine the, the, the stereotype, I guess, of the black community in the church is that they're more conservative outright, but for some reason keep voting with Democrats. They are, and I think part two, as we, you know, part two gets more into the historical lineage of what happened to black America. And during, during the process, you know, it, we take it all the way back to Marx. You know, uh, when our country was on fire a couple of years ago during the, the BLM chaos, there was an interview that Patrice Cullors, you know, slipped up and told the world that she was a trained Marxist. And so people started like, well, what does that mean? And what is this worldview that's got my country on fire? So Uncle Tom too goes to Karl Marx, explains who he was, explains what he believed and his ideology and how it made its way into America and and how America had to be um, transformed slowly, gradually, because of our history, because of our individual spirit. Marxism didn't really work in America. It worked in the East. It spread like fire in the East, but in the West, it, Marx, Marxism was harder to sell. Well, it's been gaining a foothold across the board in a variety of fashions. It, and, it, and for America, it's taken a little over 100 years to, to get where we are. And as we zoom into Marxism, you find that black America was the low-hanging fruit for that ideology to take hold and to use black America as its tool for destruction in our country. Yeah. I like So from our perspective, and, and Justin's 100%. 
uh, right. Uh, for me, what Uncle Tom 2 does is it showcases this era of black prosperity that we're not we're not traditionally told about in the mainstream media. And when I say mainstream media, I'm talking about uh, organizations like NPR, which is constantly putting out, you know, stories of black America as they see it. And it it's constantly depicting black America as being oppressed, as being under the thumb of the white man, as being um, hated by this country. But what we found when we dug in, you know, to the archives is that black America was thriving in the 1900s, from the early 19 to the mid 1900s, not uh, in spite of the white South, but in some cases with the help of the white South. And so what we found is that race relations between white and black in the South were actually far more harmonious than uh, kind of oppressive like we're constantly told about. And so we're able to show these these beautiful uh, uh, photos and, and just this footage of things that are not just frankly talked about in the mainstream media and to the extent that they do talk about it. Um, it's always kind of uh, 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 tainted with this kind of, of, of oppressive message that is meant to uh, constantly remind black people that you are oppressed. This country hates you. And because this country hates you, you need to vote this way. You need to think this way. You need to, uh, in a sense, be entitled. And so it, it's offering a different perspective, if you will. The film also shows how, to the extent that you have these so-called black organizations, like the NAACP, like Black Lives Matter, like these organizations that are all about blackness, asserting blackness, when you lift up the veil, when you pull back the curtain, what you find behind these so-called black organizations are white Marxists. Yep. And so it's important to showcase that because this whole like, you know, this whole pejorative of Uncle Tom, it's meant to silence individuals like Herman Cain, like Larry Elder, like Thomas Sowell. Because if you listen to Thomas Sowell, if you listen to Larry Elder, if you listen to Alan West, you'll find that these guys actually know what the heck they're talking about. And to the extent that people apply what it is they're saying, they will be benefited not only as black folks, but as people in general. And so you don't want such a man to have a kind of effect on the masses of people, let alone black people. And so you want to, in a sense, demonize them and ostracize them and make them look as a kind of parasite amongst the masses of black people. So you're going to call them this pejorative, you know, Uncle Tom, Coon, Bootlicker, Sellout, so on and so forth, because you want to silence them. So we, we demonstrate that to the extent that these so-called black liberal activists are using these pejoratives, they themselves are having their puppet strings pulled by who? White Marxists. And so at the end of the day, I don't care whether ideology is coming from a white person or a black person, I don't care because race isn't that important to me. But to the extent that I can expose that the people behind these so-called black, you know, pro-black individuals are actually white Marxists, once we can get that out of the way, then we can have a conversation about what actually matters and what actually matters is ideology. And what kind of manifestations does ideology have on the way in which people are actually living and whether or not people are prospering or whether they're constantly failing? Baltimore is an example of how we're failing under Marxism. 
Detroit is an example of how we're actually felling under Marxism. South side of Chicago, all of these organizations are, 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 I'm sorry, cities are examples of how we're felling under our Marxism. We went your way. We applied your policies. We applied what it is you're pushing, what it is you're selling. And black people are not being benefited by it. And so these, maybe, uh, yeah, these, these uh, woke leftists, they're the same kind of people that were pro-slavery. They're the same kind of people that just want the status quo, and they and they're hiding behind the revolutionary ideas. But but it's not the case. Yeah, there was a there's a story like to cite where a teacher asked his students, "How many of you would have opposed slavery in the time of the American Civil War?" And all the kids raised their hand. He's like, "Oh, okay. So tell me something that you'll publicly admit to supporting that's a deeply unpopular and you know incites anger and hatred," and they don't have anything to say. The point was that most of these kids were just doing whatever they thought would get them to fit in. And when you look at, you know, I remember reading about Frederick Douglass and he challenged Americans to to, to live by the standard of their own constitution, the words that they wrote and swear and and swear allegiance to. Will they uphold that all men are created equal, that these rights exist for everybody? And then a bunch of people got pissed off at him, a bunch of white racists. Those are the people who are like, don't you screw with what I got. The left thinks that they're revolutionaries, but they're supporting the corporations, they're supporting the FBI, they're supporting the government and its policies and its machine, and they're demonizing. I'll give you an example. Antifa is the perfect example of this. This is, this is who I think of. Overwhelmingly white. They know it. They love wearing masks because they don't want anyone to realize it. And I watched white Antifa scream at a black ICE officer, the N-word, and I've personally witnessed white Antifa screaming the N-word at a black proud boy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those, all of those Antifa, they're all white, every single one of them. And then over here on the Proud Boy side is like Mexican guy, and there's like a Filipino guy, and there's a couple black guys, and there's a bunch of white guys. And I'm like, isn't that so strange? That's the case. There are people who believe in individual liberties, and there are people who believe in just do as the mob says or else. Yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. And like, that's like, we depict that in our film. We talk about people like Saul Alinsky. We talk about who the real kind of founder of Black Lives Matter is. It is a white Marxist. Like people look at these, you know, three black women and think like, oh, um, you know, they started this organization because of Trayvon Martin and because of their being fed up with the police brutality that the police are constantly uh, kind of dashing out against, you know, black, um, you know, uh, black and, you know, individuals who can't protect themselves when in reality, like, no, that's not the case at all. Um, it is a white man who, uh, who subscribes to Marxist ideology who is training these people by his own admission. He says that I go after uh, women, black and Latino women. I train them to be revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. I train them to start organizations. Like we depict that in this film. And so one of the things that we set out to do in making Uncle Tom 2 is we didn't want to, in a sense, regurgitate the same old conservative talking points. We wanted to go deeper. We wanted to show people where this ideology is based out of. And so this film, in my in my opinion, is, is superior to Uncle Tom, too, is in that in the sense that we take people deeper to see, like, where all of this comes from so as to not be constantly intimidated by whatever social justice movement comes along in a given era. So so you're trying to tell me when uh, Joe Biden said you're not black if you don't vote for him, that he was wrong. well i think one of the things i'm most proud about about part two and and the work that we've done is just really like getting to the core of america like Mm -hmm. what made america uh what made america was our 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 worldview you know our our christian ethic 
and you know being a moral people you know and if you look at the history of marxism in this country their number one goal was to demoralize us as a people and if you just take black america just as a microcosm of america if you look at the footage that we show you in this film black america was a very prosperous very entrepreneurial spirit uh, very moral people very church going very nuclear family like all those things were were happening for black america in the early 1900s and when you what what the marxists were able to do was slowly demoralize black america and now we're seeing the effect of america at large is just to take our um our morals away from us and create chaos you know and with with the christian worldview that america was built on you had order you know there was a foundation there was a foundation in god and and that created a a set of rules a set of a set of, of a, a way to do things a way to do life and that has been the 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 goal and the tactic to destroy our country is to slowly chip away at those morals and those values and so i think in my opinion what we've what we've put together in uncle tom 2 um, really showcase that showcases how this happened like no other film and I think that you know what we're getting from people that are watching it and writing us is that it really equips them it arms them with the knowledge that they really couldn't articulate themselves yeah it gives them the ability to um, understand what they what they knew but they couldn't articulate yeah and I think that we've labored over this film for the past two years to you know because explaining Marxism is hard to do yeah it's very hard to do to, to explain these ideas. You know, the first film was much easier to put together because conservatism is pretty easy to explain. But Marxism is rooted in deception, so it's hard to untangle that for people. Right on. And I feel people are 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 expressing expressing that Uncle Tom too is giving them that uh, confidence to talk about these issues. Yeah, and in a nutshell, like the way that I'll explain it is like what Marxists understood, Tim, is that um to the extent that they wanted to inject their ideology into the american society they were having a very hard time doing it because the culture that existed in america was very antithetical to the communist worldview and so um the fact of the matter is that culture like how does cultures persist cultures persist generationally through children uh, you instill and in, you know and impart your culture to your children, and then they carry it on into the future. And so, what the Marxists resolved to do is that if we can get into the to the uh, to the culture of the children, if we can, in a sense, uh, cause them to rebel against the adult generation, um, to reject the culture of the adult generation, we can. Um, in a sense, inject our culture and our society and our worldview into the youth to where, you know, the trajectory of our country is completely different. And so when you look at second wave feminism in the 60s, when you look at the hippie movement in the 60s, when you look at the free love movement in the 60s, when you look at the civil rights movement, when you look at the black militant movement, all of these are rebellious to the adult generation of the 60s. And what they were able to do was to demoralize a culture to where they are rejecting the adult generation and are adopting this kind of new worldview to the extent to where today more young people under the age of 30 are embracing socialism than any other youth generation before in this country. 
that goes to that goes to show that what Yuri Bezmanov talks about, who was a defected, uh, who who defected from the KGB, it goes to show that what he talked about actually played out the way that he described it. And so, yes, th- this is something that has taken place in our country. Uncle Tom too uh, describes it uh, in a very palatable way, in a in a sense, in a way that no other film um, and that I've seen have been able to 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 break it down. So. All right, we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m. But for now, we will just go to your Super Chats. We got Jeff Hill. He says, holy-ish. Tonight, TimCast and Door both hitting on the real problems with food. Listen to Luke. He's found the real rabbit hole. <laughs> a lot of rabbit holes down there. A lot of bunch of different holes, huh? Keegan Reese says, Tim, hope you might cover the looming railroad strike. Please reach out to unions, SM, uh, S-M-A-R-T-U-T-U and B-L-E-T, or view their joint statements regarding the cutting of jobs and horrible attendance policy. Well, we've been trying to build uh, the new location over at Freedomistan, labor shortage, supply shortage, and we're a year behind. We commissioned the project a year ago, and they can't put together a building. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. There's no people. There's no materials. It just takes forever. It's just... It's, it's insane what's going on. It's the end of days, I guess. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Someone pinch me. Am I dreaming or is the pierogi man himself looking to sell me a t-shirt? My stomach hasn't been this full since June. Welcome back, Loop. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Filled with pierogies and horse medicine ready to go. All right. Sir Doom says, First time super chatter, long time listener. I went to find the show today and I couldn't find the show on my YouTube homepage. You must be right over target with these discussions. Keep up the good fight. Yeah, something really interesting happened on my two channels. I have, I have TimCast and TimCast News, two different YouTube channels. When I logged in, my dashboard showed me that my last videos didn't have any views. It was like 30,000 views, and it was like the worst video you've ever made. The videos actually have hundreds of thousands. And I'm like, that's weird. Why are just my two channels? So we have other channels at TimCast. So we've got, you know, Cast Castle and music. And I looked at they were totally normal. This weird thing only affected my two personal solo like news channels. So I have to wonder if what that does is negatively impact the channel and the algorithm mm. so that it doesn't get shared as much or something like that. I can say that, um, yeah, people don't get TimCast IRL in their homepages. And YouTube's also been doing this thing where whenever we launch the stream, it does a gray box with no thumbnail for some reason. And so people scrolling will just see nothing. Hmm. It's amazing that that happens because then people don't click the show. They don't see it. They don't notice it. And they keep scrolling. They can't find it. It's funny how that works, huh? Good job, YouTube. What did you do to get on their bad side? Mm, (laughs) Gee, I wonder. (laughs) Andy Welsh says, read Super Chat literally just because Luke. Well, Well, thank you. Well, great. great. There you go. What do we have here? Rekram Morrison Lemniskit says, please extend an invitation to Pierre Poliev. The new conservative leader of Canada, our best chance of throwing out Trudeau and the closest thing we have to a DeSantis of the North. Cool. DeSantis of the North. Hmm. Uh I like that. Yeah. Scott Nolan says, Tim, did President Trump come to D.C. just to be on TimCast this week? (laughs) And are you holding off on the announcement? Luke, welcome back. Let's try to get him. Luke's popular tonight. I would would (laughs) love to question Donald Trump. (laughs) 
Peter Provenzano says, I will pay a one-year subscription to TimCast.com to be, to be donated, raffled away if Luke is allowed to go all out and discuss 9-11 and questions and theories on the after show. So we're actually planning on putting together a show called, uh, well, I don't know what it's called, but we're putting together a show where we want to bring people from different backgrounds to sit down and have conversations. Now, it's going to be impossible to get like a left winger and a right winger, but it's going to be really easy to get like an environmentalist and a petroleum engineer. So that kind of stuff is, is, is possible. I think for a show like that, the, the idea is to put this up Sundays as a members only show. We wanted to get like a trans athlete and a, a female athlete to have a conversation mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. I think those are really possible. And that's what we're planning on putting together. It'd be a, it'd be a good spot for Luke to uh, have a conversation yeah. about all this stuff. I, I did a video about 9-11 yesterday and it nuked my channel <laughs> and <the> algorithm. <laughs> you could watch that on uh, youtube.com forward slash we are change. Yes, I can only imagine that. Well, I mean, YouTube explicitly said those videos would get nuked. Yeah. That they're going to try to stop people from this seeing This one that. got mega nuked, like yeah. bad. All right. What is this? Darth Kyra says, everyone forget about the RV bombing. What's that one? Was that the one at the AT&T building? That was, uh, there was a weird case of a RV exploding that the FBI was investigating and then it stopped investigating it and they didn't find out who did it. A couple of Christmases ago? It was, yeah, that was that the one? AT&T building, right? I don't know if it was the AT&T <laughs> building, but I remember hearing about it and seeing the video of the, the RV driving and then the explosion. Yeah. Jeez. Kevin Kwanznaza says, I'm an RN from NH, having a hard time finding work due to my flat out refusal to get vaxxed. I worked so hard to be a nurse. Now my profession is compromised of pawns peddling political narratives and ignoring actual ethics and evidence-based practice. Um, I'm hearing that like nurses are striking mm-hmm. and that the industry is collapsing. Like nobody wants to be a nurse anymore. I mean, you got friends, Lydia, what are they saying? So my friends are just like all about, oh, you should get vaccinated, do all this stuff. It's really important that everyone get vaccinated. But I also know people in the industry who are just, they saw the worst of it and now they're terrified. So kind of makes sense that it would be collapsing. It's pretty intimidating, I know. Yeah, the same thing is going on with pilots as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. So I just found out that you can get like a small plane for like 60 grand. And mm. that's that's kind of hefty. But what you think about how much it costs to fly per, you know, flying on like commercial for a business. I was like, I think we spend more on that, you know, flying around for events. We just get our own plane. Yeah. There you go. Problem solved. You can Problem also solved. get like a share, you know, like you go in and you can get a private flights for, you know, yeah, you, you, you share it with other corporate heads. Yeah, there's like, this thing that people do where you buy a percentage. Yeah. And then you fly at like cost or whatever. So yeah. it's like a co-op. But having your own plane is just, you know, just another safety <laughs> barrier in these very difficult times ahead of us. True. But I mean, it's the difference between, between going 250 miles an hour and 700 miles an hour, whatever the difference well, is. Well, so you know? if you if you get like a plane from the 60s, like they, they fly and you can act, they're actually like 20 grand or whatever. So it's like you think about it, it's like get a car, get a plane. And for running a business, being able to move around. You know, that, that saves you money in the long run if you're, if you're a travel-heavy business. Yeah. So I'm like, at this point... Definitely something I'm into, for sure. <laughs> Having a pilot's license. Yeah, got to get that. Seth Hauser says, I think it should be Trump 2024. We need a wrecking ball. DeSantis has not fired anyone, only suspended. I believe DeSantis will just play politics with the Uniparty. I don't think so. Mm. But I do I do think Trump is a wrecking ball, so point taken. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Luke? Um, good points made. It's worth considering because, you know, uh, the the upbringing of DeSantis is reeking of establishment. We still don't know his foreign policy. And he did make some, uh, you know, weird moves when it came to, uh, you know, the, the laws that are implemented in Florida. So no one's perfect. Don't trust any politician. Trust yourself. Amen. 
Yeah. Augusto Mimoshe says, I was down with DeSantis in 2024. Carl Benjamin has a video called It Has to Be Trump that really convinced me his story arc must be complete, completely, completely closed and they can't get away with what they did to him. Yeah, that's what uh, Carl Benjamin was saying, that, that Trump's narrative isn't complete. Like there has to be some closure. finale, right? Perhaps. Well, DeSantis is a young man, so I mean, he has time, so maybe it's better to let him develop a little bit. But I don't know if Trump is, is damaged goods at this point with how much he's gone through. So yeah. Talbot Link says, Tim, got to see Dropkick Murphys live recently. Oof. There was an angry rant involving a MAGA hat on stage. Yep. The audience was so full of hate, not just anger, that it scared me as bad as being in a big city riot. It's getting worse. Jeez. Perhaps. I, saw, I think I saw that rant. It went viral. Yeah. And the guy from the Dropkick Murphys is a zealot who doesn't know how to use Google. <laughs> he was basically saying they are just a bunch of rich people and if you vote for them they just want tax cuts it's, it's okay well Donald Trump gave a tax cut to the middle class so sure rich people got corporations got tax cuts too that's that's for sure but uh, the Democratic Party is the party of the wealthy numerous studies and stories have pointed this out going back to 2016 the Democrats overtook the Republicans in 2016 to be the party of the wealthy and get this when polled people who make under $100,000 a year overwhelmingly do not want Donald Trump to have, I'm sorry, they overwhelmingly want Joe Biden to be impeached. And people who make more than 100000 tend to not want Joe Biden to be impeached. <laughs> so it's funny how that plays out. <laughs> the largest portion of people defending Biden were salaries over 200000 Yeah. Hilarious. So uh, good for the anti-punk. We should call, we should call it anti-punk. That's probably the best way to put it. Because it's not like, you know, you know anti-racism is like racism of, of a different flavor? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anti-punk. They're still kind of punk, but they're they're like, you know, pro-machine punk. So right? you know how you talk about how these institutions are being worn like skin suits? I think punk is definitely an example of this, for sure. By the way, I have to apologize for my camera switching just a second ago because I was using my left hand and we gave the chair some time on the oh, air. The Everyone's chair. cheering for the chair. My apologies. But I think punk is very much... I feel like they were the first symptom of this happening because I remember in high school in like 2008, I was like, why do they call themselves punk if they're actually in favor of big government and my... You know, boyfriend at the time could not explain it. There's no answer. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, there was nothing more punk rock than to wear a MAGA hat out in public. Right. I mean, if you really want to be a punk rocker, like that was yeah. the way to do it. Isn't the guy from like Rage Against the Machine like all about like, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. government all, and all control? The government. Yeah. I'm sorry. I believe they changed the name to Rage on behalf That's of the correct. machine. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. On Makes sense. Of. They had me duped, man. Yeah. 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 I, I was a fan. Yeah. You were a huge fan. Big fan. You? Yeah. Favorite band. Yep. They are the machine. That's what I was saying. I went to a skate park and Black Lives Matter was tagged on like the the ramp. And then I saw some kids hanging out there. I started laughing. And I was like, who tagged the Walmart logo on the, on the ramp? <laughs> and so, I was like, how lame is that? So I, I, was, I was leaving our studio uh, last night and someone uh, spray painted Beto 22 on this wall. <laughs> and I said, what a appropriate political ad. Yeah. Graffiti of your uh, of Beto right there on the wall. Chris Van Derm says, with Kerry Lake and MTG being standouts of this new wave of ultra-MAGA Republicans, could you imagine if Republicans elect the first female POTUS? LOL. I would not be surprised if that was the case. The first uh, the first black uh, member of Congress was a Repu- Republican, I yep. believe. Yeah, yeah, yep, 100%. And, and it was like not till like, what, 150 years later, the Democrat finally elected a, a, a Democratic, uh, uh, elected a black person? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, they're the champions of, you know, civil rights and the black man, so, you know. They, they, they're, they're the champions of messaging, I guess. Yeah, they definitely. Oh, are. they are, you know, masters of messaging. 
They're geniuses. They got us. Bravo. Yeah. Matthew Johnson says, Tim, off subject, I am going through a hard time. I don't cry a lot, but tonight I needed it. Only ever wanted has helped a lot. Thanks for what you do. Don't worry. It is just life giving me the toss around. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Only Ever Wanted, of course, is a song that we released uh, August 26th. So you check it out on Spotify. Add Will of the People and Only Ever Wanted to your playlist playlist, and just listen to them all the time because it's good. It helps. And uh, listen to our music. It's the best thing I can say. And also, shout out to Tom McDonald. Riot has been sitting on the iTunes list, top 100 at number two. Riot is his new song from last week, and we're hoping that he hits number one on the Hot 100. It's a feat. I got to be honest. I really don't, I don't think we can get it. But uh, let's help out Tom McDonald. So check out his song, Riot. See, you know, buy it if you can on Amazon or iTunes. And if he does hit number one, we're all going to wear suits. Luke's going to wear a suit. A, a pimp suit. <laughs> he bent the rules. We were like, we're going to wear suits. And Luke's like, I can wear any suit. And I was like, yes, Luke. And he says, I'm going to wear a pimp suit. I'm like, purple. You pimp purple? Technically, technically I'm going to go neon green. Nice. But, uh, you, do look, you look great in a suit, Tim. That would be great. Yeah. And yeah. Ian wearing a suit would be great. We'll make him put his hair up or something. And then we'll get Luke a big purple hat and a cane or something like that. <laughs> but you a got we, only, a if Tom McDonald, <laughs> <laughs> only if Tom McDonald hits number one. That's right. Get in there. Only number one. Dave Pierce photography, photography says, I was in the pit photographing Adelita's way. And guess who I saw? Tim and Ian. Check your FB messages for a pic. More if you want. Oh, hey, look at that. Uh, yeah, so we were down at um, Blue Ridge Rock Fest over the weekend, hanging out with All the Remains and Adelita's Way. And you know the crazy thing is, this is a huge rock fest. It was, I don't even know how many people, tens of thousands, maybe 100,000 people, it was just nuts. And there's a bunch of different stages. We, we saw Tenacious D. The draw for Tenacious D was so intense that artists, production crew, and media were trying to squeeze in front of the stage, like... This is a security area where some people can stand, but the, they had to call the police and not for the actual attendees, but for staff, because everybody wanted to see Jack Black and Tenacious yeah. D so bad. But what I will say is, major white pill going to this event. So we go there, and I'm like, I don't know what to expect, right? I don't know where these rock bands are. Of course, we're good friends with Phil Labonte uh, of All That Remains. He's rad. We're going to have him on the show again soon. He's been on the show a couple times. And uh, Adelita's Way, uh, they're awesome dudes. They're fans. We're fans of theirs. And so we got to hang out with them. And then all of a sudden, some dude comes up to me from one band, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna leave their names out of it. But they were one of the bands playing up on stage at this big festival, and he was like, "I agree with everything you say, man. Your show is awesome." And I was like, "Oh wow, thanks, dude." <laughs> I'm standing down on the ground in front of Jack Black, you know, Tenacious D, and one of the other bands. He's like, "Dude, we're big fans. We love what you do." And I'm like, "At this rock show, people listen and they care and they pay attention." So that's like a major white pill because there were tons of people there. And everybody was super cool. We met yeah. a bunch of really awesome people. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think you just gotta not believe like the media. But yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing to me how great of a voice Jack Black has. You know, I know he's so good. That was nuts. My mind was blown. They, that performance live was was amazing. Yeah, it was good stuff. I recommend it, man. I really do. I don't know about politics or anything. All I know is the whole set was amazing. And the crazy thing is too, Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny, flopped the box office. But I'm looking at a crowd of thousands of people all singing Kickapoo. And I was like, they all know the words. And then I was like, man, wow, that's that's my crowd. You know, we I, I, I love that movie. Yeah. Do you get that a lot where people come to you that you wouldn't expect that, that support you and support the show? I mean, I, people come to me all, like all the time. You know, I'll be out somewhere. We're like eating at a restaurant. Someone comes up to me. We were at a gas station and some guy walked over. Like we're in the gas, we're in a gas station in Clarksville, Virginia, middle of nowhere. And some guy's like, hey, it's Tim. And I'm like, yo, what's up? And nice to meet you. But what's crazy is 
You know, I had some people telling, warning me like, hey, it's a rock festival. So there's going to be some woke bands. You never know. And they're going to get really angry. So just, you know, you never know if someone, but no, every single person that I met that knew who I was, was like, we love your show, man. Awesome to see you here. So yeah, yeah it just goes to show that there's a, there's a lot more people that are awake than, than we would be led to believe. Yep. And that's, and, and, and I think it, uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a positive reflection Definitely. that, uh, so many people at, at this big rock festival, this big crowd, I was kind of like, man, I didn't realize how many people here would probably know who I was. And maybe I should not be walking around in the open areas and stuff like that. Need security or something. Just man up guys and, <laughs> and come out with it. Like, let's do this thing. You know, I mean, everybody there was speaking up, Good. you know, it was, it was really cool. Especially the guys from Adelita's way They're They're outspoken as outspoken can get. So we're going to have them out. We're, that's going to be really cool. That, Coming soon. Yeah, Rick from Adelie's Way. That dude can sing. Oh, they're so talented. Mind-blowing. Nice. I love them in high school. Yeah. It's always refreshing yeah. going cool. to like a show where the uh, artist isn't like just completely just woke or just come, <laughs> you know, using the show as like a kind of platform to um, reinforce their liberal woke jargon. I mean, I went to a Fleet Foxes show Who? recently in Dallas. Cool. And like he was just such a pleasant dude. You know what I mean? Like he didn't bring politics in it. He was just a genuinely nice guy that was just very enjoyable to watch. So right on. Yeah. DD mega doo Okay. says talking about pizza hut roofing their crust as I'm running a train on, on side leftovers. <laughs> Great username. Tragedy. by the way. <laughs> Papa John's man. I was surprised. I won't order uh, from anywhere else. And it's not just that it's like even small local joints. They'll use like brominated flour. And then you look at Papa John's, they don't. Nice. Yeah. It's too bad they, they got woke. And, you know, I, I remember when I was like, I'm not going to order from that anymore because what they did to, to, to Papa John because yeah. he's a good dude. and But, you know, got to admit it. They they do have better ingredients, that's yeah. for sure. Canola oil is everywhere. And that stuff is horrible <laughs> for you. Seed oils. Yeah. What do you use? Uh, not Avocado canola oil. Uh, uh, Olive oil. Um, oh. Butter. Ghee. <laughs> Seriously. Cow, cow oil. Yeah, cow oil. Cow oil. Well, cow butter oil. and ghee. <laughs> Mason Wolfie says your best friend this winter is a good wood stove. No power. Cook in the wood stove. Cold? Fire up the wood stove. That's right. Brought to you from rural Oregon. Yeah, I told my family in Poland, I'm like, a couple months ago, I'm like, get a wooden stove right now. Go chop wood right now. Um, they didn't listen. Oh, you're Polish? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I was born and raised in Poland. Yeah. Oh, nice. Chopping wood is fun, awesome. though, man. Yeah. Yeah, we did that in New Hampshire too. Because we have a we have a wood splitter, it's also fun. It's a different kind of fun. You know, it's a thing where the piston goes back and forth, and you put the log in, then it crushes it. Yeah, but actually taking the axe and then is a lot of fun. Yeah. Luke, do you do you speak uh, fluent Polish? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Uh, I'm in That's love why with he mispronounces other words. You know. <laughs> That's yeah. why I get an excuse for butchering <laughs> English words, <laughs> which I use all the time. That's right. That guy, sixteen seventy eight, says, "What do y'all think about Mastercard, Visa, and Amex coming out and now tracking gun purchases?" Mm. Horrible, horrible, Terrifying. horrible, absolutely disgusting behavior that, of course, is going to lead to people being put on a list that are going to be given to governments and also, more importantly, probably are going to be hacked. And then people will have people's information about who actually has a weapon and doesn't, which is what very are, dangerous for everyone involved here. When are they implementing, implementing it? Um, this was pushed on by a New York politician. Um, I, I think I think they're going to be implementing it automatically. I don't know exactly when. But, so Discover but is good. good. Uh, Visa, Mastercard, American Express are a part of this program, so so Discover is. It looks right. like Discover. All right, we're making Discovery a thing. There you go. Parallel pol- economy, man. What? We're buying, we're getting Discover cards. 
Was that voluntary? Like they volunteered to be part of this, or was this some? This was a politician from... saying they should do this, and they said yes. Ugh. No. Wow. All right. Gross. I'm going to say it right now. Discover. I will sign up for Discover, and we will use it for our business. If you don't do this, this is your opportunity. That's right. With these companies coming after our Second Amendment rights, Discover every gun person. You know, I, I, we should fact check to see if Discover is doing this or yes. not. But it, you want to Google it real quick? Uh, if they're not doing it, I say the the entirety of the two way commi- uh, community make discover the the new thing. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. discover's going to be like we're back. We're we back. got a whole bunch of customers. You know, yeah. so, uh, absolutely, I'll put my whole business on discover as well on the whole card card. <laughs> let, let, let's do I this. I love that joke from Futurama where he's like, "Do you take Visa?" And they're like, "Visa hasn't been around for a thousand years." <laughs> Mastercard, two thousand, and he's like, "Discover? Oh, we don't take Discover." <laughs> or the, I got the years wrong, but you get the point. Yeah. He's like 500 years. I mean, I'm all for it. Like, you know, politicians or I'm sorry, uh, companies operating on their own volition, even if it, it means complying to, uh, you know, radical, bizarre government you know, policies. But at the same time, you know, you would hope that these organizations, these companies would be in favor of our constitutional rights instead of infringing upon them, you know? Yeah, Bank of America said that they wouldn't support any kind of loans to gun manufacturers. Mm. So there's a lot of big banking institutions that, of course, allow Jeffrey Epstein to bank and and Mm. break the rules and do whatever he wanted to, money launder in order to run an international trafficking operation of children. That's okay by, by, you know, Brown Brothers and Harriman, Goldman Sachs and all these other big, Chase Manhattan and all these other big players. But uh, people being able to defend themselves? No. Is Discover... I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at a forum, and I'm doing research on this right now. All right, because I want to make sure, because if they are doing it, I don't want to... We do not prohibit legal gun sales, said Katie Henry, a spokesperson for, a spokeswoman for oh. Discovery. There you go. Are they uh, tracking it? That's the question. Uh, we, they yeah. do not prohibit it. You know, uh, I'm reading about it right now. Well, of those who said they are going to, it's Visa, MasterCard, and Amex, they will track gun purchases? Yes, those are the three that officially announced. All right, discover it is, ladies and gentlemen. Let's spread the word. I'm going to make some phone calls afterwards. Got to call call some other person. Guys, discover it's happening. I got to call up the local gun shops and be like, get discover because we're not using Visa. I got to be honest. I bet a lot of the shops have already started thinking about, they're like, all right, we'll use discover. And then the funny thing is like, discover is going to become the the ultimate champion of 2A because they're like, we found a community that will use our card and make it prominent and popular. And then think about the peripheral area. You got people who are like, I don't use Visa and MasterCard anymore because they're, in fr- they're, they're tracking us and it's creepy. Then the, the pizza shop next door is going to be like, okay, we'll, we'll bring in Discover. And then all yeah. of a sudden, boom, Discover wins. But what's interesting about this whole thing is that like for them, they see this as like a, a act of virtue, you know? Right. Like they, they genuinely believe that by, um, you know, uh, kind of monitoring uh, to what extent people are buying guns with their credit cards they are um keeping down gun violence you know what i mean so it's like it's ridiculous it's crazy yeah mastercard i remember uh, just even a, a year ago I was, I was trying to use it at a local gun shop in new hampshire and they're like oh you have to run it twice because uh, mastercard has a new policy that they don't want people using their card in gun stores but if you run it twice it's fine yeah. <laughs> so, but you run it once they'll automatically decline it and then you have to run it wow. in a special way and they'll allow it i never yeah. had that problem we should yeah. bring cash back no that? so this yeah. is this should be a message to like us as consumers is like you know go with a company a credit card company or whomever who will keep your information private 
Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm talking to you, Discover. Come on. Yeah. I, I hope somebody at Discover is right now calling his boss, being like, this is our chance. Yeah. We're taking like, over. Yeah. yeah. All right. William Hines says, you mentioned Ezekiel being too graphic. Then the Bible should be removed, censored from schools. You pick one verse out of 31,000. The whole point of genderqueer is grooming young adult minds. The Bible is not the same. I'm not saying the entirety of the Bible should be, uh, well, the, the Bible is substantially longer than genderqueer. My point is, if there is a book that contains graphic imagery, is that, the, is that the case? If your argument, William, is that one book is intended to groom and one isn't, well, then you've made your argument. I didn't say that was right or wrong. I simply asked a question of our guest. So the point was, if genderqueer includes graphic depictions in the book, you guys have seen it, right? Mm. That book where it's like, you know, yeah, with the, yeah I don't want to say, say it. And then I'm like, the Bible also includes graphic depictions in Ezekiel, notably 2320. And then I was like, is that comparable? So it's a question. Just say no. But the point isn't like, you know, the graphic imagery. The point is like what what ideology or what worldview is, you know, whatever content, like what it, what is it peddling or what is it, what is it presenting at it, right. you know, as its core? Its purpose. You know what I mean? What is its purpose? And so it's like, yeah, like the world is a very volatile place. You know what I mean? So it's like whether it's coming from a, a woke liberal or whether it's coming from a, a fundamental Christian, like what is the, the the basic point of what it is that's being presented? And so for for me, like I, I genuinely believe that the Christian worldview, the Christian ethic, um, presents a a worldview that is is um, that can basically produce uh, the the best possible um, the best possible uh, worldview that's that's that can contribute to human flourishing, whereas a woke worldview doesn't. So, yeah. is that if that makes sense? So, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member at TimCast.com because we're going to have a members-only after show, uncensored, not family-friendly. This one's going to piss you off. It's about schools and a teacher, and uh, a teacher got fired for doing a thing to a child, oh. but it's not what you think. And um, maybe it is. I don't know. But we're going to talk about how they've been hurting kids, how the COVID policies hurt kids. So that'll be up at TimCast.com at 11. So uh, for those of you that have Spotify, look up TimCast artist page and add Will of the People and Only Ever Wanted to your playlists and play them all the time if you enjoy the music, because we're going to be rolling out new music every few weeks. The plan for now is uh, we've got an album of mine to finish. Then um, Carter has music. He's the producer and engineer that he's going to release. Ian has some music he's going to release. Then we're going to be signing more bands, and we're going to be creating uh, some other uh, new projects and bands and producing a ton of music. So you can support us by adding Will of the People and Only Ever Wanted to your playlists and just listening to them as often as you'd like to enjoy them. And uh, a bunch of other stuff coming, too. Don't forget to check out Tom McDonald's Riot. We're shouting him out. We want to help him get to number one. So he's, he's awesome. If you're not familiar with his work, you really got to check it out. His political messages and lyrics are really, really great. So you can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Do you guys want to shout anything out, Uncle Tom, too, or any of your socials? Yeah, just UncleTom.com. You can uh, buy both films there. All of our social media is there. And, uh, you know, please support the film. If you enjoy the film, uh, please uh, go to IMDb and write us a review and share it with your uh, friends and family. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that, like, you know, don't be discouraged or don't don't think that. Okay, so you guys came out with a sequel, a sequel. So you know, I've been there, done that. Like, this movie is, in essence, a film that stands on its own. It is a sequel, but it is literally a film that stands on its own. So it's like, 
this is a film that is in many ways superior to the first one in the sense that like we go deeper we take the audience deeper and we trust the intelligence of our the intelligence of our audience to think in a deeper way to see not only what went on in the past but what's going on right now as we speak and so um for what what tends to happen in the conservative movement is we tend to recoil or recant uh, the moment that the word racist is hurled at us. And so what this film does is it puts history in its proper perspective so as to equip you with the knowledge that you need so as to not be constantly intimidated by a leftist narrative that is in a sense a revisionist history. And so uh, and this, like, like Justin said, go to UncleTom.com this movie will give you the knowledge you need and encourage you to do the research that's necessary to not be a coward in a public square as, as far as our history is concerned. Thank you guys so much for coming. It was great. It's good to be back. And uh, shouts out to the person in the comments that called me Ghost Boy. That was a good one. <laughs> I appreciated that one. I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash we are change. And again, I, I poured into a lot into yesterday's video, a lot about my personal experiences being in New York City on 9-11. I really put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it. And YouTube just just totally just like didn't show it to anyone. Fight the algorithm. Check it out on youtube.com forward slash we are change. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys all very much for tuning in for this wonderful evening with the guys from Uncle Tom 2. Trust you guys will check that out on their website. You guys can follow me on Twitter and minds.com at sourpatchlids as well as sourpatchlids.me. We'll see you all over at timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.